0: Talk Brunch, served hot.
1: Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dowry here, Captain Brunch. It is co host, as always, Mr. Destin Soblow Frazier.
2: Here lies Nate Robinson. Oh, he's died. a dog.
1: You're gonna have to run that one by me again. I totally lost you there.
2: <laughs> I'll say uh, Here lies Nate Robinson. He didn't die or nothing. It's just for the rest of his days, that man will be nothing more than a meme.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: I can't disagree with you there. Oh, boy. So it's been quite the weekend. I never thought that we'd have a weekend where we have, like, freaking certain musical artists. Like, who do we have out there? Weave Khalifa and the same uh, pay per view as Mike Tyson?
2: Yeah. Snoop Dogg was on commentary. But.
1: What is going on? What was this? Some sort of a weird alternate timeline that we're in?
2: <laughs> I don't like this ride. That'd be
1: all awesome. Yeah, wow. unbelievable. Well, there has been a lot going on. We're going to be going over the NXT Takeover card for this upcoming Sunday. They put them on Sundays instead of Saturdays, right?
2: Uh, I think this said this one was on Saturday.
1: Oh, is this one actually on Saturday now?
2: Yeah, I think this one's on Saturday. Yeah, because a uh, tribute to the troops is Sunday.
1: Wow, they can't make up their mind here. So sometimes it's Saturday, not oh, so just sure. alternating. Sometimes <laughs> Saturday, sometimes... Either way, we have the poll ready. So we're going to be doing some voting on that. We're going to enjoy some uh, post-Thanksgiving Day videos and images. We're going to talk a little bit about the future of Austin Creed and G4, as well as some stuff with The Undertaker. Of course, you can't have... A talk brunch episode without discussing COVID nineteen, WWE's business, things happening with Retribution, Kenny Omega, AEW, and so on and so forth. Oh man! So, what have you enjoyed the most this week, or not enjoyed the most this week? Pick.
2: Um, I, I don't know if somebody got the idea because they played the, la- the UFC three and watched knockout mode, but Snoop Dogg on commentary was by far the funniest thing I've seen in my life.
1: Snoop Dogg oh yeah yeah with the uh i know where you're going with that <laughs> with mike tyson versus War jones and he said it's like watching two of my uncles fighting at the barbecue
2: oh my god that's the realest thing i've ever heard in my life
1: yeah that was nuts that was um it was it was different what, what were your thoughts as far as the tyson stuff goes oh
2: so, i think i've been hearing going into this that like there weren't going to be knockouts which I was like, Mike Tyson and no knockouts is just weird.
1: Mike Tyson and eight rounds or any amount of rounds is weird. That's the right, longest man. I've ever seen Mike Tyson. It was strange.
2: All, first of all, one thing I know for sure, I think uh, Joan, uh, Roy Joe Jr. said it after the fight, even at 50, Mike Tyson still hits really fucking hard.
1: Not hard enough. I remember when Mike Tyson used uh, to hit people and you would forget who they were. You'd be like, Who
3: was that, <laughs> was that guy fight?
1: I don't remember many of them when I think about it. Who do you remember that, that he fought?
2: Not a single one. I remember that one that fell. Oh, wait, no, that was all of
1: them. I remember some of them. I mean, I remember McNeely, probably because he was Bell's his return fight.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, don't just how bad Tyson. Yeah. But uh, Jones didn't look good. I'll say that right off the bat. Like, Jones, oh. I would say out of everybody... uh. He definitely looked out of shape. Like that dude was blown up when he hit his corner, man. Like I felt bad, but it was like funny at the same time to see somebody that blown up. He looked like he'd been through World War Three when you saw the way he was sitting there and he was blown up. Age is a frightening thing. Nothing scares me more than age. Nothing in this world is more powerful than age. I'll say that much. And uh somehow Tyson beat him because, yeah, for his age, he still looks good. But that's just because when he was at his prime. But that's because when he was at his prime, he was abnormal. Like, think about it. How cool was that? That we lived through an era of Mike Tyson. There was a guy who went around, he would just punch people and almost one one hit ko them. It was like the real one punch man when you really think about it. It really used to be like, the fight only lasted as long as it took for Tyson to hit you one good time. (laughs) And taking nothing away from Tyson because I enjoyed his era and everything, but I I hate to... uh, pick but as uh, the technical part of boxing isn't where mike tyson's talent was in my opinion when i watched him box growing up oh no it never felt to me like this was a guy who he knew his fundamentals not saying that he didn't and that he's not an exceptional boxer because he is i'm just saying that at the end of the day when he got in the ring it just kind of came off to me more like the thing that really made the difference was that savage inner part of him hitting them really fucking hard And sure, it was great that he had his fundamentals down and knew how to box and train and everything. But in those like 15, yeah, but in those 15 to 20 seconds, if you look, a lot of the time he was swinging wildly. There was form there, but it was dependent on how hard he was going to hit you, not how he was standing, not where he was standing, not what he was thinking, but he would just get in and he'd destroy people. They, they were the ones with the strategy that would fall apart because they'd have all these (laughs) ideas and shit of things that they were going to do and try. You know, all these different ways that they were going to counter him, you know, and uh, that just doesn't work. Not after you get punched in the face.
2: Uh, You get hit hard enough. All the technique goes out the window.
1: (laughs) And that's what would happen a lot of the time. People would find it disappointing. Like they talk about it like it's legendary now. But when it was happening, I remember people used to get pissed, you know, like growing up watching these pay-per-views live. You get a bunch of people together in this room. Remember, there was no UFC nowadays where you're used to that. You get a bunch of people. Tyson was the first when you really think about it, case of this kind of stuff happening where you're expecting this big main event, all this build up, people gambling on it, who you got, all that kind of shit. And then like fifteen you seconds. Later, minute. Yeah, fifteen seconds later when you get get ready after you watched a whole bunch of other unboxings, just like UFC too. we watch a whole bunch of other shit leading to and then poop. That was it. So people there were people that were pop for, but there were people that would legitimately at the time, since it wasn't like nowadays, that would they would lose it, feel like they'd lose their money. A lot of the time. Where like nowadays because of MMA we, we more expect that there's a chance that our favorite thing might be ten seconds. It doesn't happen often, but there are times when you least expect it where you're watching something and you think, Man, this is gonna be good and then something goes wrong and you're like, Oh man And uh Tyson literally is almost the founder of that shit. So it's interesting to see him in a in a boxing match where he goes that many rounds and he still had all of his uh his movements and everything down. He was solid. Yeah. I think one time he almost went for a kick. What was that? Did you see that? He feigned the kick? He He
2: looked like for a moment he almost forgot where he was.
1: Like, holy shit. He was going to kick you. There's still a little inner Tyson in there.
2: Imagine Tyson kicking people.
1: That'd be some shit. I never even thought about feigning a kick in boxing like that.
2: Uh, You know it's not going to happen. So it's just like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but that's the whole beauty of being Mike Tyson. You don't know it's not going to happen. You can't guarantee. Do you trust in Mike that much?
2: That like a bit a man's ear off. Exactly.
1: Awesome. So if he feigns a kick, you're probably thinking you're dodging a kick. I'm checking the kick. Now. That's a great strategy. If you're Mike Tyson, you could feign all kinds of shit. You could feign going for a gun out of your fucking, <laughs> your boxing <laughs> drums, <laughs> you know.
2: the <laughs> he reaches in box. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he hits the deck, right? <laughs> They'll always wonder if he's going to turn back into the young Mike Tyson, that crazy guy, you know. Don't rule it out. Think about I'm it. Just and just the proof the of this is that when he feigns the no kick... Reason. When he fainted the kick, Jones reacted. Yeah. <laughs> he dodged the kick.
2: There's a certain level of crazy you don't trust. It. Tyson's about that level.
1: Yeah, that is that is absolutely insane. But I never thought that we would be in 2020 watching uh, Mike Tyson and uh, freaking Roy Jones. Right? And I, I heard about else.
2: this fight, and I was like, no fucking
1: way. Yeah, like, is this a rib?
2: No, no. There was no rib there. There was just beef. <laughs>
1: Or How fucking Vince used to say it, beef. Write it down. No rib, just beef. <laughs> you know, I, I was bet
2: so unintentional. On the best part.
1: I bet neither one of them ever gonna want to do that, especially Jones. Jones is never gonna oh, do that again. Like,
2: um, I was talking to one of my coworkers today, and he said, like, Jones said in the interview, like, no matter the part, of the thing with Tyson is, even if you a knockout, no matter where he hits you, it hurts. Like there's no good way. There's no rope a open Tyson.
1: When uh, when when this fight was when he hit that corner, every time Jones hit that corner, and to me that's how I know now. Whenever somebody's done, whenever he hit that corner, he had CM Punk face. Remember CM Punk face the second time he was in the UFC mm-hmm. fight. Every time he hit his it corner, was like you are still here. Like every time Punk hit his corner in that second fight, I kind of knew that I'd never see him in the UFC again.
2: Like <laughs> that's it for me.
1: You know, like Punk was hitting those corners. And Jones was hitting those corners very similarly, the way somebody hits the bowl when they've had bad Indian food. Oh you know? he was hitting that corner like he was going through some shit in that corner.
2: Like know? I I haven't seen somebody hit a corner like that since Mark Mark Hunt in like round three. It's just like fuck I'm still another round?
1: Yeah, like more? Why is there more?
2: That, that is literally, that is literally the fuck another round face. <laughs> it's just like, wait a minute, I gotta get up and do that shit again?
1: Yeah, and that's, that's what you signed up for. I'm sure they got paid a considerable amount of money for that, though.
2: Oh, box, boxers, boxers was getting money thrown at them
1: for some of the fights, I see. But what do you think of them making this a draw?
2: I couldn't, no, I, I don't like it. Even it's, though it wasn't a finish, like, Tyson won that shit. For sure. At no point did Tyson look like, man, i fucking, up. there were points where I feel like Joe, every time Jones hit that corner, he was like, fuck it, knocked me out. Shit, I'm still here. God damn it, won't he finish it like, <laughs> like Joe looked more sad that he had to go back for another round that if he would have just got kind of finished.
1: And as the rounds progressed, he was getting his timing down and he was learning more about where Tyson swings and where his counter punching is and where he can answer back. But he was always out of range and he always miscalculated. It was almost just like he just couldn't, you know, do it as far as that goes. He knew what to do. He just didn't wasn't physically fast enough or coordinated enough. To get by, the hits and By the he time to
2: figure it out, Tyson had beat the reaction time out of
1: him. Exactly. Exactly. That's a
2: well scapegoat. Listen to that phrase again Beat the reaction time out of
1: him. And see, that's the whole thing. It's a blessing that Tyson is as young as he is. Because uh, if you really think of uh, Tyson in his prime, he beats the reaction time out of you before you react. You never even get to see what didn't work, what did work, what you didn't, what you regret. If somebody asks you, What are you going to do differently in the rematch? What the hell do you say? <laughs> Wear armor. You know, I didn't get to try nothing. Like, <laughs> my kills in this one. Like, okay. all uh, points to
2: endurance. Like, what are you?
1: And people have tried the opposite. Well, fuck it. I'm gonna come exploding out of the corner. And
2: hope and I to can't, God. And you know, I put him on voice dial. Like,
1: you know, and it sounded like a good idea. Like, if you watch Tyson in his early career and so on, like people would like kind of stalk and like box with him, and then they get destroyed. You would you would think that way if you didn't know box. You'd be like, yeah, you know, just you got to go straight. You got to go for it. You got to go for it. I cannot tell you how ill-advised exploding out of the corner on him was.
2: Because it's an it's easier target.
1: Like, it was way worse. It was like, nope, that was wrong. Like, back in the day, there was really no good way to fight Tyson. No, but that was the really bad way. And it just didn't seem like it was going to yeah,
2: be. That was the worst. That was the lesser of two evil, and both of them were pretty fucking evil.
1: As much as it's a video game, Mike Tyson's puncher had it right. The whole key is you just can't get hit. You have to, you have to not get hit yeah. here. This is a, this is a exercise in futility. You are not to get hit at all. And you're to deliver small hits whenever you can and cross your fingers. It's like a one you in a million. Draw that out. It's, you literally need Doctor Strange odds where there's like an a million and one version of you that's going to make it through this. And he can't tell you exactly which one it world is. World. Otherwise it won't be. That's what fighting Tyson's look like. <laughs>
2: That might be the realest thing that's ever been said about a Mike Tyson fight.
1: Yeah, hell, those even are, those like are rough fight odds, night man. games
2: That was really the thing. You just had to jab them all to the hell.
1: Those Fight Night games were the first realization that I needed next-gen technology in my life. Like, when I saw somebody get punched in one of those, it was like, oh, okay, I see why I need these consoles now. It was like, I completely get it. Like, those were enlightenment punches, not only for the fighters, but for me. Cause when I first saw it, it's uh, Fight and seeing, Night
2: Champions. It's on Game Pass. So yeah. if you don't believe us, download it.
1: Yeah, I remember when I first saw like one of those dramatic closing punches that they did, it was like, holy shit, seeing that for the first time, I know we take all that for granted nowadays, but seeing that it was like, yep, sold. Take my money.
2: Right. But it's kind of funny that Fight Night Champion still after all this time still looks really good. But uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Are we gonna are we gonna talk about uh we can talk about the Jake Paul you, you if know you guys we want to, to talk it. about it.
2: You know, yeah. <laughs> the memes won't allow us not to.
1: I didn't know too much about that other guy that wasn't Jake Paul until after the fight, but I do know now that he can't box. Oh no!
2: See, see, see. When you're a basketball player, you can't jump into a talent tax ward. This isn't he for didn't, you.
1: He didn't even know how to do a proper jab.
2: Like everything he did just looked like shit. And I was he like, can't oh, do this anything.
1: That guy can't do anything. Have you ever been in a fight before? What what was he before this? He he used to play basketball. Okay. Hopefully he wasn't one of those guys that had like one of those rough backgrounds, right? Because now we know that it was a work. Because there's no (laughs) way, even with no boxing training, there's no way that's how you fight. His jabs look like hammer fists. He didn't know how to extend his arm properly. So then that's the reason why Jake Paul essentially decided, you know what I'm going to do? I can eat these hammer fists and just be answering back each time with actual punches.
2: And they check the living shit out of him when the opportunity presents itself.
1: All of those knockouts were, th- were counter punches to his shitty jabs and to his shitty swings. The guy just didn't know how to fight. And o- another thing he was doing was he was, like, rushing ahead. You notice he was, like, rushing forward. He was rushing him. Lunging forward. You don't lunge. And then he was you, dropping you. his guard after swing. Every time he d- threw a punch, he was dropping his guard. I, n- I didn't know who that guy was. I didn't even know what this was. This was literally me tuning into this. Like, I didn't even know ahead of the day. I forgot about the Tyson thing. And I did watch a lot of the fights, but I didn't know the card, so I didn't know who that guy was. And I'm like, this guy—he doesn't know how to fucking stand. He doesn't know how to step forward. He doesn't know how to like keep his guard up. He's lunging into yeah. the punches. Like, what is this? Is this celebrity so, so death ba- match type shit?
2: So, so basically, to break it down a little bit, of background with him: Nate Robinson—he's eleven. He's an eleven-year NBA veteran and a three-time slam dunk champion. What the fuck does that have to do
1: with with boxing, though? Exactly. Did he have any training before this? Because it didn't look like it.
4: No. What an idiot. Wait. Does he understand like, like, like,
1: how combat sports work?
2: Like, Jake, Ball, like Jake Paul, yeah, Jimmy, Jake Paul does YouTube. But at least with YouTubers, you never know, they might wind up in some kind of situation where they have to box at some point or something. You, you, you never know. But it's like, what
1: were you doing? Like, what made you think this was okay? I would have never known otherwise as somebody who's watching it. Just because, uh, you know, I, I just would take for granted that you wouldn't put people in there that can get killed. Because that's what essentially happens, you realize that, right? Like that guy could have died in there. Everybody's being all gimmicky about this shit. But I'm like, hey, you know, you guys could have legitimately killed somebody out there. Because he had no this idea. This man how did to not fight.
2: have a single clue what he was doing.
1: He has no kung fu. Nothing. Not a bit. <laughs> it was that was rough no to watch, kung man. Fu. That was really and rough it's like, to like it's
2: like I said before, the freaking internet right the internet did not even wait till the Titan fight was over. Like <laughs> I have seen so many different memes and posts, and it's just all—it's chaos.
1: Oh boy! So Holy. so what? Did, did this guy have a post interview? I don't know anything about him. What? What did he have to say about that? I, I haven't heard anything about a post interview.
2: I don't know if he was conscious for one. Wow! Like this was wild. I've like I've just <laughs> I've I've seen some rough. Look at knockouts. As a longtime UFC fan, this one—good God! Like this one was nasty. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, I said I think I found it right here. I Think this is it with the post I found. Like that is a na- oh my God! And I love know if qu- I can't. Qu- I well, I can't question that. I've heard people say this before. He was like he lost. His- he's wearing New York Nick colors. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing
1: That is, that's savage, man <laughs> See, that's why say it's not like good that. Don't go into a sport that you don't know what the hell you're doing Right You know If
2: you you have if you are in a non-contact sport
1: Don't go into a contact sport Do you remember, you remember Martin when he did stand-up comedy And he talked about boxing Yeah That was the realest shit ever, you know Because he was right about that
2: Realest thing in life
1: <laughs> Like that guy, he he's right who is, it's even worse to be that friend Let me see if I could bring that up here That was hilarious okay. for me.
2: Just watch the way he, just, he crumbles
4: <laughs> And he yeah, Your brother get knocked out Bam, don't even know where they at Now, buy it. Give me a Caesar salad <laughs> A bag of Twizzlers, All that shit, man Two bus passes Motherfuckers don't know where they are. I need two bus passes, man You know and what do you say to the motherfucker if he's a friend that got knocked out what do you say to the motherfucker who just got knocked out you driving home with this motherfucker you like Shh. damn did he hit you as hard as a fucking look man <laughs> nah i ain't found your teeth i don't know where the motherfucker went, man see that's why i thought like if you're a fighter you should be humble than a motherfucker man When you walk to the ring, shut the fuck up. Don't say nothing when you go in a fight. Just walk in the ring and fight. And if you get knocked out, you know, you're telling me to fuck y'all. I ain't telling you motherfuckers I wasn't gonna get knocked out. I ain't saying shit. See, you got brothers walk in and talk a good game and get knocked out, then they embarrass afterwards. Because before the fight, you can ask them, what is your strategy for the fight? Them motherfuckers, well, as you well know, I have the best jab in the business. Um, I, I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. Um, I'm, I'm in the best condition of my life. What I plan on doing is coming out the first couple of rounds, throwing the jab, which is the best jab in the business. I'm going to hit him a couple of times, soften up the face. I'm gonna probably oh going to the body on him. See, I'm a people's choice. People like me, I'm the champ. You know what I'm saying? I can't see the fight going any other way. I'm going to hurt the boy. I'm going to hurt him bad. I can't see it going any other way. And you like,
5: oh, shit a motherfucker gonna
4: run down. <laughs> Then nigga get in the ring and some different shit, right? Bang! <laughs> Motherfucker's different shit. Speeches like that. What happened? Uh okay, um <laughs> Well, I came out and I tried to use the jab that I had told you that was supposed to be the best jab in the business. I put it out there. He came over with a right hand. I went to my right leg. But see, I had heard that in practice. I was abused as a child, and a lot of people don't know <laughs> this shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just start coming. don't got nothing to do with the fight. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. You know what the funny thing is? Because I remember I've been hearing off and on that this fight was going to happen. I never actually thought it was really going to happen.
1: Dude, if what? I would have known that not... guy's backstory, I would have known what was going to happen. Don't oh. trust any friend you have that thought that that was going to go any other way. Because all you would have needed to know was the tale of the tape to know that was the outcome. You know, I'm realizing now, seeing this shit and seeing this dude painted across the floor like this, that their strategy... Was that they probably knew that the Tyson fight wasn't gonna have a knockout in it, so they gave us a co-main event just so that we could have like just a good fucking bang. So that that incident oh, I told God you about that happened gosh. with pay-per-view, because there's no way they would have thought that this guy's not getting knocked out so much, in fact, that he got knocked out three times, right? Yeah, he think he got he got
2: shut down three times, but all the last over the place. One, which is the one that has been memed all to hell, was like a kill shot.
1: He's probably the only one who didn't know. Because there's no way the professionals, if we know here, there's no way the professional people who do this shit for a living didn't realize that they were sending that guy to his doom. They wanted something like that before they went into the main event to fire everybody up. How are you going to have some random NBA guy come in there and fight a boxer? Even if Jake Paul, which I know has only been boxing, what, a year? Maybe a little over a year?
2: That's still probably at least three or four longer than that.
1: Yeah, I heard people saying, oh, that people thought that this guy was more athletic. It's like, how the hell do you not know enough about boxing to think that that would factor into how this was going to turn out?
4: Like, there's no way.
1: Will that?
2: No, I was gonna say you could be as athletic as you want in a sport where you're not allowed to hit people. Like there's this thing called contact, like, <laughs> because all the slam dunks. If the I guarantee right now, if Michael Jordan would ever try to be a boxer, I guarantee that turned
1: out the exact same fucking way. It just turned out that way when he tried to be a baseball player. Imagine if he tried to be a boxer. Oh you know? my
2: god, it's so <laughs> weird, right? Number. two. Twenty three would have been the seconds he was unconscious. Like, ugh.
1: unbelievable.
2: Oh they sent yeah, the freaking oh my god, the video is hilarious though. I I saw that doc out and I was just like oh my god, I can't wait till a meme pops. I've seen everything from Sonic memes. I saw one when he was on the floor and they had Simba like Nate, get up, Nate. And the freaking like, that game Among Us is such a big thing. Somebody put him on the floor and it said dead body reported. Yo,
1: he. <laughs> yeah, they shut him down, man.
2: Oh my god. And the bad part about it is one. You can't talk that much shit and then get knocked out like that. Two, you can't get talked that much shit, get knocked out like that, and be famous, because that's it for him.
1: If there's a post interview, somebody link me. I don't even know the, the the young guy, and I feel bad just because look at how he looks there. You know? <laughs> they,
2: Holy
5: I'm crap. I'm so glad
1: that it's 2020 for me and not people that are, like, younger than me, because, I mean, feel, think about how it is with them. We're like, Imagine if they did that to our heroes back in the day, right? Like, they just sent them out to the wolves and shit. Yeah,
2: know, we wouldn't really
1: handle them. that shit. You know, just saying, just Jaleel White would have went out there and got knocked out by Mike Tyson <laughs> because he trained for a couple of I weeks and they're killing her. I, I seen
2: that one, too. You know, they the train old all old of these guys, old guys old. that we
1: this think old. are cool growing up and shit, you know? Oh, my God. Imagine actually what happened to somebody like a Bruce Lee or something. Oh Anybody, you know? Like, you know, if it would have been people are ruthless yeah. nowadays. They, they just want to make a profit off of your notoriety. He's some young MBA guy that people are into and they figured, hey, let's just knock this motherfucker on the floor. You know, oh, dude, I be true. We, we,
2: we, we, we're going to get to talking about G4 later. Imagine that had been like an Adam Sessler or somebody. That like. But to...
1: you know what I mean? Like, imagine Muhammad Ali <laughs> would have punched out Larry Bird or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> because Larry Bird thought that he's athletic enough to get in there and they allow that shit. It's unheard of for these kinds of things it's to happen. Thinking, and we just... just accept it. It's like, fuck it. It's the end of the world. Let's just have Jake Paul knock out some random NBA guy, you know? this This like everyone's You're acting making... like this is normal, that it was just on a boxing, which, by the way, was the co of end to Mike Tyson versus Jones. You know, (laughs) like look at this. You know, can you imagine that? Like if fucking Larry Bird or if Charles Barkley would have gotten in the ring, (laughs) fucking got knocked out. That's what that is. This this is this generation's Charles Barkley (laughs) in some way. You know, sitting on the floor. That is incredible.
2: You know the You know there's like there's a challenge with this now, the Nate Robinson
1: challenge. Look at the King Quest. I seen one with all the black legends looking down at him in disgust.
2: That one too. (laughs) It's hilarious. Yo, (laughs) they. I'm going to tell you something right now. And this is for everybody in the chat room, on demand, anywhere. If you're having a bad day tomorrow, just look up Nate Robinson memes. Give it about five minutes. Nothing will be able to ruin your day.
1: This shouldn't have been about to happen, you know? We used to have boundaries, you know? You wouldn't let Uncle Jesse get knocked out by Ivan the Holyfield a fucking decade ago. <laughs> just because it hey, might some- be interesting. <laughs> hey,
2: sometimes Uncle Jesse will get put back in his place. I- when they show, and it's funny because
1: when, the re- <laughs> when they were showing the replay, when uh, they were showing the replay, I told Stace, I said, "You know what? This reminds me of." I said, looking at the replay, it reminds me every every sitcom has that one episode where the main character somehow winds up in a ring fighting someone who they shouldn't, like either in a boxing mm-hmm. ring or or a thing. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that montage of the ass whipping because the whole replay was just this guy falling all over the fucking oh, ring, <laughs> getting knocked shit. all over the place. It looked like one of those sitcom ass whipping montages. Oh my god.
2: That motherfucker got like a family guy level knockout. Like he just there wasn't like that moment where you see them try to save themselves like on that last one he just Lois Griffin did a better fucking job in her fight. Oh, oh my god. Lois Griffin made it past three minutes. <laughs> Keep in mind like people this cold main event lasted three minutes. All right, He literally got three minute warning here.
1: Both China and Joey could did better than this guy.
2: <laughs> no, but if you go, <laughs>
1: I can't believe you brought Pitts Is he retired, or does he have to go back to the NBA now? and shame, I
2: don't th- I, th- I don't think I don't know. I I don't know if he isn't. He better be now because that's for him. To- back to the like wall say, with Like you. I said, that dude is nothing more than a meme for the rest of his days now. Oh
5: you're, man,
2: you're, like you get knocked out that bad, and you're not a boxer. The next time you talk shit to anybody, the first thing you're going to say is, don't make me get Jay Paul again.
1: I like that side profile of the ref counting him out. I I feel like silhouetting that and making that our fucking logo.
2: Oh. (laughs) Question, you should have fought Dustin Diamond. Dustin probably would have knocked his ass out, too. Oh, man.
1: Screech, of all people.
2: Oh, God.
1: If anyone finds it, I'm dead serious. We need this on the air, even if it's next week. We need a post-interview with, with this dude who who they need now need to spatula off the floor.
2: I'll tell you, I don't know if he was ever conscious enough to get one. Oh. I was like, I don't even remember what happened. I just woke up in the locker room.
1: Well, there's someone who's not going to be demanding a recount. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, if if if, he, if he's still in the NBA, he's on your team, I'm going to tra- need y'all to trade him, because uh, yeah. That's it.
1: They have oh a bit of a. I know we shouldn't spend. People like they want to get to the wrestling, but there's a post interview here. I wouldn't mind taking a peek at with them just to see. Not with Paul. Not with him.
6: World champions is a draw.
1: All oh, right. I remember, seeing Mr. It.
7: Tyson. What do you think of that? Okay, I'm good with that. You think you won the fight? Yeah, but I'm good with a draw. Why? Because I entertained the crowd. The crowd was happy with it.
3: Right, let, we'll be back to you in a second You happy with this draw? Hell no, I ain't never satisfied with a draw I wear draws, I don't do draws You just did I a like draw it. <laughs> you, guy guy you, draws, so strong, you almost got my thought of your draws and I understand why you they say happy. That yeah, Some because, things are bucket list do it again. Because when he hits you If it's his head, his punches His body shots, it don't matter Everything hurts So for me, I thought I did enough boxing On the outside to edge it out But you know, I'm cool with a draw you yeah. I mean, just might have to do this it again. Isn't, this is my survival. Well, you ain't going to do that shit again. Look at you. I don't it. know. <laughs> you looked exhausted for a little while. Did the body shots take a toll? The body shots definitely took a toll. The body shots are what make you exhausted. Any good fighter knows that. And I knew it, too. I thought I had a six-pack that was all right, but I guess I'm going to give me a 12-pack because the six ain't getting You
7: took it. It came back like nothing. You took it. You took it. I, don't hit him. I knew I hit you with a good shot. You took it.
1: Tyson took still looks it. scary. Okay, They're I'm lucky he's expect, a baby babyface. Hey, I, I respect that. You I respect that.
6: Mike, at age 54, you haven't been in the ring for 15 years. Don't you how Mike would you Tyson that your, that would your, eat your children? Your stamina oh, and overall how you perform. <laughs> well, Heal Mike Tyson, for Fuck three, three you minutes. Do you, do? minutes do you love
7: him. And, um, this new baby face, Mike Tyson. Now you know we in a weird world. I'm just happy I got this under my belt, and I'm continuing to go further and do more. You'll do this again? Absolutely. He of course you will. You're in great shape. Well, hey,
6: well let, me, let me ask you about your performance. What, what was it like for you to be in the ring as compared to what it was when you left as a professional?
7: I was very happy to be here and um,
6: despite Your performance-wise
7: yeah, despite what anybody said but despite what everybody said I was so happy to go to eight rounds But everybody knows I can knock somebody out but everybody know I, I can go to eight rounds, yeah, 10 exactly. rounds and that's what I'm more grateful rounds. for now than anything and no knockers knockers do mean nothing you gotta be able to go the distance that's fighting there everybody you go. has a
6: plan until they get hit
7: look at that it's completely different hit. Mike Tyson this isn't it the same. Isn't it impossible? I not plan B I hit him back <laughs> <laughs>
6: Roy, uh, you want to continue this now at age 51, or or, or did you get dissatisfied at this point?
3: Man, it's hard to say. My Pensacola fans love me. We got to do
7: this shit again,
3: We got to do this again. Everybody loves Mike. Um, I love Mike, too. But, uh, you know, it's something to take them punches from Mike. So, you know, I go talk to my family, see how they feel about it. If they thought they enjoyed what they saw, then if we want to do it again, we'll come back and do it again.
6: A lot of people were afraid, Roy, you might get hurt tonight. Were you really afraid in the back of your head that something could happen that, that might have put you in peril? I
7: was afraid I might get hurt. I, I, I didn't fight in 20 years. He only fought, stopped fighting for three years. I'm afraid I might get hurt. Why nobody care about my ass? Well, that's typical, right? He 15 years. He stopped fighting two years ago, and anybody worried about his ass. No, nobody thinks
6: that a giant is going to fall.
7: I haven't did this in 15, 16 years. I'm not a giant. I'm a beginner. Did he ever hurt you tonight? <laughs> well, listen, he, he surprised me with the hook.
3: He hit me with a hook, a good It'll hook. hurt. Yes, it did hurt. And back to the question. Yeah. Were you afraid of being in peril? Man, once I go in there, it's all, it's all, all balls to the wall, bro. I mean, I, I feel the shots, and I know they're going to hurt, and I know he could take me out if it's possible if he came up with the wrong one. But for me, man, I'm game. I go to the end. When I put these on, it's a wrap. Take me on the stretcher. You know? final, that,
6: thought, final, final thought, final thought. Would you do this in a non-exhibition circumstance if you could get a license?
7: No, I'm just going to do this. This is bigger than fighting for you know, winning a championship. I mean, we're, you know. we're humanitarians. We're helping people. That's bigger. That's, I'm into that now. And i like to thank Magic Mike, Jet, Ron, all my sparring partners for kicking my ass to get me in shape. I love you guys. Can't wait to get back in the, the gym
1: with you.
6: Mike, thank you. Enjoyed it.
1: Thank you very much. But yeah, so that's, that's, you see how, how nice and everything was, how upbeat those guys are compared to aggressive, angry, specifically Tyson. You know, yeah, you're right, we do need to, know, to do I that mean,
2: commentary. I remember old school mean ass, I think I've told the, i think I've told about the show before, my favorite <laughs> interview of all time was that one
1: time where I think he snapped on like a toilet or something. And the first thing was
2: crazy motherfucker said, so fuck you, do you love me? And I'm like, what?
1: yeah yeah he was always a little bit over the top intimidating unpleasant to be around And now he's like completely turned that around and yes yeah, snoop doing more commentary we got our first experience in snoop commentary when we streamed uh the ufc we did stream that here right the ufc game that had him in it
2: yeah yeah um that was i believe
1: it was, was ufc three he was actually in it yeah okay cool cool well yeah that was just, i didn't even plan on talking about the tyson stuff that was like completely un- unplanned but you know
2: it was such a thing where i feel like it was necessary because everybody's been talking about that this weekend
1: yeah and i'm sharing that in the chat room for you guys and i'm also putting it on our social media follow at talk brunch and twitter if you're not already for all of those links and there you go all right well let's talk some wrestling stuff let's start with the fun stuff like we always do you know because we don't want to you know depress you guys right off the bat ronda rousey uh she was in a world of warcraft commercial apparently recently uh I wanted to see what this was all about here. I didn't even know they still did WoW commercials.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't
1: thought about WoW commercials. My, my God, years. <laughs> oh, blows the horn of Gondor. That's what does it
5: looks like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What in the hell? (laughs) What is this? Hashtag sound the horn. Okay. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen, Rhonda, and I've seen her in some weird shit before. I'm going to share it with you guys in the chat room as well as in our social media. But yeah, I'd like to see her since she's clearly not having a kid. I'd like to see her back in the ring, you know? Yeah. In some capacity. She needs to get back in there in doing something like come on please
2: maybe like an appearance here or there something like,
1: anything you know it's way too late like everyone's gonna already have children she hasn't even started to, to give birth to one yet or even get impregnated or anything so Becky
2: like and Sarah Logan are gonna be here to the punch
1: yeah and Renee
2: yeah, and Renee.
1: <laughs> you know like everyone like come on please get it together already I'm not it's trying a to be pushy on? but I really really need wrestling to not be shit anymore she's a big part of that <laughs> You know, am I right? Like, damn.
2: Is that so much to ask for?
1: Yeah, like we kind of really need it. Which, by the way, she showed off a new picture, speaking of Renee. Our program is all out of order here just because we're kind of bouncing around, but we're prepared for it all. But yeah, she showed off this photo recently. And all it says is, hello. She did tweet something else out recently. I thought this was kind of funny. She she tweeted out basically saying, my clothes all feel tight. SOS. Freaking Lacey Evans tweeted back. And said, enjoy while it lasts. Nothing else will be as tight again here soon.
2: Dang. Oh, God. That's rough. That is awful.
1: Oh, my God. That's rough. Are the rumors true? I don't think they are. Some people say it's never the same. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> any dads out there speak from experience? Let us know. Or uh, rec- actually, you know what? Don't.
2: Yeah, I, I, don't, don't, don't. Don't ruin it for me.
1: I hope it's not true. I'd be what depressing What's that one? What an incentive not to have kids if there wasn't already enough already, right? You know, you don't want the, uh, you don't want to destroy any of the the, the path of pleasure. <laughs> she used to be a pinhole, now she's the Grand Canyon. Like no,
5: this
1: is n- when they told me that the new thing was teraflops, This is not what I had in mind.
2: <laughs> oh my god,
1: that is awful. How many teraflops were there? Oh. <laughs> what is a teraflop why are we terrified of it right. oh how many teraflops is this why i was warned is how many teraflops does your girl have too many my girl never gave birth she has no teraflops what
2: the fuck just happened damn it Renee, see what you did <laughs> no damn it lacey see what you
1: did time to get pg let's go back to pg Ooh. I hope you all enjoy Thanksgiving. So, with some Welcome PG. Here's the Macy's Thanksgiving the Macy's Day Parade. Thanksgiving Day parade.
0: Savannah, here comes the, <laughs> and Here's the rock. Young the oh, Rock Johnson, shit. circa That oh is, is the weirdest NBC's new comedy idea. idea, which follows the wild times of
1: I have ever a seen.
0: A and a college wow.
1: That is almost okay, fucking frightening. That looks like kind of that could be the next DJ Ghostbusters video,
8: Or to
9: imagine oh, this guy was ever Hold on. Are you kidding me right now? I didn't forget my first time seeing Jesus.
1: Why would that be the version they went with? Like first of all, people Wait, below our age people below age are gonna have no idea who to, but look at this thing. Doesn't that look like that would be the, a good fucking Ghostbusters villain? Like oh it would be like God. the twenty twenty version of State Puff.
2: Oh dear God. yes. It's the Sorry new guys, I just Puff. tried to
1: imagine something heroic that would save the day. <laughs> and those, you're, if you smash, right? I will pop. You, you know I, that could have saved the ghost. Uh, can you imagine a Ghostbusters movie? If this existed before, and the fucking rock float became the villain that they have to fight. Look how fucking scary that is. That
2: would have been awful.
1: Anyone who didn't grow up in the era we did, or even before, wouldn't wouldn't understand why he looks like that. <laughs> why is he like? No one knows what a fanny pack is nowadays, or your it hair. Why your hair back, would look like that? The yeah. chain, everything. It looks strange. If you're 18 years old, you wouldn't know what the fuck is going on if you saw that floating above you. What role is The Rock playing now? <laughs> this is new. He's,
2: he's trying this fanny pack thing. What do you be trying? <laughs> <Fanny pack.
4: laughs> why The Rock,
1: though, right? Like, isn't that isn't, not only why The Rock, but why a rock version that not anyone would know? That's such a fucking weird choice, man. Am I the only one here who finds this strange for Macy's Day? Like, you know what the funny thing
2: about it is? You even could have gone Rocky by a via, because at least they show that one it highlights every now and then. That's
1: essentially who this is, though. But it's like fanny pack rock, though. Like,
2: good God.
1: I just have to see that thing float across one more time, man. <laughs> Look at this shit. I'd be scared shitless. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's just terrible.
2: Mama is going to get me what? Fanny Pack Rock.
1: Sometimes you have to ask yourself, how different is the world that we really live in from stuff like Family Guy in South Park where you have Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones in 2020 and a floating rock during Thanksgiving and oh you know NBA it, players oh. getting punched to death.
2: I'm so mad because it, it literally just hit me from the people who brought you schoolhouse rock, Fanny Pack Rock. Oh,
1: my God. I can't believe I'm <laughs> right there. From the people that brought you Schoolhouse Rock.
4: Money went a long way for a joke, don't you think? Yeah, you have to tell you this time, because you do.
1: Fanny Pack Rock. Oh
2: my
1: god! It's nostalgia, I guess, for anyone nostalgic <laughs> enough to want that something that wasn't in the game. Not. That'll be in the next game, thanks to them. Not a, a thing now. Fanny Pack Rock.
2: Oh my god! Fanny yeah. Pack Rock's gonna be, be new DLC in Battlegrounds.
1: You want his fucking alternate attires thanks to this shit. The alternate attire you never wanted. (laughs) He looks like celebrity deathmatch. He kind of does. Yeah. Well, it's more like celebrity nightmare. But sticking to our Thanksgiving theme here, Natalia also put something on Instagram. This was apparently, this is also on YouTube if you want to watch the whole long thing, but this was the Nightheart sisters. They were getting ready for a Thanksgiving dinner and wound up in somewhat of a food fight. I
0: love my sister. We are grateful for all of you. We are thankful for all of you, and we want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, share, and subscribe. Here, let me think. Let me this. We didn't do the like, share, and subscribe. What we did? You said like, share.
10: We're doing thumbnails. Or what are we doing here? Because <laughs> if we want to play dirty, we can play dirty. No, no, no,
0: no, no.
5: Here we go. We can play dirty. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. We'll <laughs> get
1: oh. Not make out. No, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> I literally <laughs> thought their sisters are not gonna make out. <laughs> because you know somebody out there.
1: <laughs> somebody out there wanted it, right? Somebody out somebody there. Somebody
2: out, out there, there wanted it, even though they're fucking sisters. Somebody was just like, Well, that doesn't mean anything.
1: Somebody was at the edge of their Thanksgiving Day table.
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) Pass the rules, now kiss.
1: Oh, man. Her sister was always hot, right? Remember when Biggie tried to tap that? Did he hit it? I don't even know.
2: I I, I feel like he did.
1: I hope they were in a hot tub and shit, right? Remember that?
2: I feel feel like she definitely got a big (laughs) ending. I couldn't stop myself. I couldn't. There was no other way out of that for me.
1: Unbelievable, man.
2: Unbelievable.
1: Oh, Alright, well, continuing with Thanksgiving. <laughs> you have uh what else did they have? Nia Jax apparently was doing a dance number. I shouldn't have spoiled it. I should have just let it fall into it. Oh god.
2: Pump up the jam, pump it up.
1: Okay, I gotta just turn the music on because I don't really want to hear it, but there is a who are the people in the video? I guess that's a family. who choreographed this shit for Thanksgiving? Right. <laughs>
4: Like this is Thanksgiving.
1: I can't tell. It doesn't matter if it's Thanksgiving.
4: Oh my
2: god!
1: I'm not sharing that one. No, no. You guys have to come and watch the replay on either Twitch or Facebook of the video version of this. For that, I'm not putting all that shit up here. Okay, moving on to other fun stuff. The good news: Xavier Woods, Austin Creed is now officially a host at G4. The reboot of G4. Did you did you get to watch their, their special?
2: Yeah, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, very cool stuff. I'm going to let you guys see here the official announcement from the G4 channel. I'm going to share it to you guys as well.
10: Your entire life, the past, the future, lunchtime. It's all been leading to this. Let's we'll see what happens. You sent out a rallying cry. And the internet responded. That you have the qualities G4 requires. Cool under pressure. Oh. A fighting spirit. And slightly above average hand-eye coordination. Come on, come on! Come on! You love animals. are terrified of dogs you have full collections of sega saturn dreamcast and wii u games yes the wii u for some reason wwe superstar xavier woods aka austin creed welcome to g4
4: Incredible!
10: Congratulations, WWE superstar Xavier Woods, A.K.A. Austin Creed. Oh, oh! Hey, talking Optimus Prime briefcase. It is your duty to give a voice to the fans. One shall stand, one shall fall. Ah, the voice of a hero. Let's roll out. (laughs) My work here is done.
1: I can't think of someone who fits better into the uh, the G4 role of host that they have than someone like Austin Creed.
2: Oh, of you course.
1: I like, think it's perfect.
2: It was you know. very, very much deserved.
1: Yeah, really happy about that. Out of everyone who we've gotten uh, back, that's a good addition. Because I'm assuming they're all coming back, right? I mean, otherwise, why would they be I doing what would What'd be the point of showing everyone?
2: Uh, yeah, I would figure. I, I couldn't imagine who isn't coming back.
1: Yeah, well, that's shared on social media for you guys. But yeah, for anyone who didn't get to see it, I'm also going to share the G4 full reunion link for you guys. It's on our Twitter. I'm dropping it in the chat room as well. So what are your thoughts? You excited about G4? Oh,
2: I'm so happy to have them back. Like, it's kind of funny. This is literally the second time this year was the first time being Animaniac. I feel like I'm getting to reunite with old friends again. Because, like, G4 was, like, my thing when, like, I come home from school, got homework done, It fucking, it was X-Play, Cinematheque, Attack of the Show, all, that was, like, that was my childhood. I know about half, I that, I think that's the thing that, I was already in the gaming, but that was the thing that, like, really kickstarted it for me. And I've even told you, like, a couple of times off the air, I've discovered, like, i got a ton of, like, full X-Play videos on uh, YouTube that I'll just binge through. And it's cool. That now it's not just reminiscing anymore. It's literally like this whole thing is back.
1: Yeah, I was a huge fan, especially of Attack of the Show. I think Kevin Pereira might be the first person I ever followed on Twitter um, yeah, back it's... in 2008 or 2009. And uh, yeah, this was always a big part of my life. And I it was before it was different because videos and viral stuff wasn't the yeah. way that it is now. So it's going to be harder for it to survive in today's climate. But uh, the personalities will definitely help.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: And uh, while we're talking about the gaming stuff, according to Fightful, uh, WWE has, uh, I didn't even realize that they're allowed to do that. But WWE has apparently given people titles within Up, Up, Down, Down. Uh, They're like basically for learning new skills and having responsibilities with the Up, Up, Down, Down channel. And the people that were given responsibilities of co-commissioners of the Up, Up, Down, Down channel. And this is by, in case you didn't already know, this is part of WWE. WWE. Um, their incentive of trying to build a bigger online presence and have more of their own content. But apparently, the co-commissioners now of this Up Up Down Down channel are Mia Yim, Shayna Baszler, Dakota Kai, and Jessamine Duke. AKA
2: BRE, best roommates ever.
1: Yeah. So these are the four co-commissioners of Up Up Down Down. So they're going to be contributing a lot more stuff to the channel with these new roles. They're going to, And apparently the whole purpose of this is for them to learn. This is the quote here. It's for them to learn the inner workings of up, up, down, down in an effort to add more content to the growing channel. And they'll get a lot of freedom and creativity. So those are the two quotes. But yeah, they're they're putting them there so that they'll learn the inner workings of how the channel functions and operates since WWE. And really no one here aside from Woods knows fuck all about gaming or how to run a gaming channel. I guess this is their way of sort of spreading their tentacles around the gaming universe and the up, up, down, down community, as well as they do everything else. And then let's be realistic about it. Should they ever decide they want to bump out woods, can probably do that and then just have, like, the girls run it, as weird as that would be. What do you think of this gaming ambassador shit?
2: I mean, if it's what they want to do, cool. But it's like, I've seen Jessamine Duke's Twitch channel in the past. I know Mia Yemen has already started getting hers rolling. The same with Kai and um, everybody else. It's kind of like, eh, I I need to see how it plays out before. Because it seems like a lot of stuff that I don't know necessarily why it would be necessary. Like, it's not like Woods couldn't tell them all this himself. Yeah. Like, why does there need to be like a specific like title and role that should be like, hey, Woods, show them how to run your shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. It is, you know, the WWE is not making anyone comfortable with them suddenly wanting to be part of the gaming world.
11: Right.
1: But, uh, gaming news doesn't end there because, uh, as you guys know, Ux is developing that new AEW game instead of doing WWE games. And, uh, this is done by Hiromi Furuta, who was the overseer of the development of all of the other WWE games. Uh, And she basically was quoted as saying that her goal is to simply create high quality pro wrestling games that are loved by the community. And she does not think of it as being a rivalry with WWE, but rather as them creating a new product with AEW and that she still loves WWE and respects the talent. But it is going to be competing against WWE. The brand itself is competing against WWE. So there's no way that the games aren't going to compete, especially when WWE's 2K20 completely suffered as a result of Uke's jumping over to AEW. You know, so I think this is the worst possible time for this to happen to them. The fact that they delivered a shit game and then the company that knows how to deliver good games went over to the competition couldn't be worse.
2: Right. And then especially after that whole battleground thing. So,
1: And they can really like fluff up that roster because the royalties and stuff for a lot of the people that they get, they can probably AEW dark the shit out of that roster. You know what I mean? It's gonna have the jungle boys and the Marco stunts and uh big swole and little swole and medium Swole. you know, it's gonna have Will Hobbs and Calvin and Hobbs and every Hobbs that you can think of. You know
2: <laughs> I'm <a freaking> Calvin <laughs> Hobbs, Hobbs and everyone you can you know,
1: they're gonna have all of those jobbers that you see. They're gonna have Flight Path and and uh what were the other guys that they put out there? You know all these it's guys. Top flight, everybody. Everybody's going to be yeah, there. you yeah, better get you the fuck just, out of here. You <laughs> could just stack that roster to the top with all of these guys that we see like one or two times. You know, Eddie Kingston. Well, now he's a staple of the company, right? So he'll be there.
2: he will be, get, be, get, be getting them checks, though.
1: That's for sure. WWE doesn't like to have to pay for that, that's why they have like a lot of doubles of wrestlers. You know, think about how many and, times. And, they have and, like,
2: and that's why they only put like a handful of NXT people in there.
1: How many times have you had like stuff like four or five Stone Cold Steve Austin's and you're like, what? And they're all the Rattlesnake? Stone Cold 97, yeah, Stone Cold 98, like, Stone Cold 99, Stone Cold. I know. <laughs> <Like, laughs>
4: I'm,
2: I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you how I knew it was starting to get weird. It was uh, 2K15 when I had like 80 John Cena's and it was like, it, it, I knew it was bad when they were just like, it was like, okay, one from like November 2006. December 2006 And I'm like wait a minute what
1: Yeah cause we didn't care about his change that much You know we didn't care about his growth and development That much like through the like, years
2: it was, it was just the same scene it was, just like a, it was just the same scene It
1: was just a, a new color like, When your seen of your rocks and your Austins Have more selectable Versions on your character screen Than your Gokus or Gohans There's a problem and that's really the way that it became Like sometimes they would look identical
2: Yeah and the, and then with the the part that used to bother me too, the exact same moveset. At least if I have two different Gokus, I knew there's at least one different move in there.
1: <laughs> exactly, right? This is all the
0: same
2: one thing. One of these moves in here, this Goku doesn't have but this one does.
1: hmm Alright, well, apparently the Undertaker's doing prank videos now. Man, this man, when this man came out of his gimmick, he came <laughs> way out of his gimmick, huh? <laughs> what is all this This happening here? Omazi? Who's Omazi? Omazi and Undertaker?
2: i always heard the name of Mozzie, but I didn't know who it really was. It's was last promo done. before Wrestle...
1: Okay, let's hold on. Let's, let's, uh... Oh, I see. So they're pranking people. They don't realize that The Undertaker's going to appear on the video. Is that what it is?
11: Yeah. Well, that's real that's impressive.
4: A- oh, my God!
11: <laughs> All right, listen up. If you've ever wanted to team up with me, this is your shot. To support a great cause, I'm offering you the chance to hang with me at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando. We'll meet up, we'll tour the facility, and I'll even help you create your very own ring entrance. It's gonna be one hell of an experience. And to help spread the word, I've decided to round up a few WWE Superfans for a surprise they'll never forget. Let's do
9: this.
5: Hey! Hey! (laughs) Hello!
9: Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us for this Undertaker tribute video. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, do you remember the first time you saw The Undertaker?
12: When I was younger, I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling. My grandma too, would not allow me to.
9: Oh, uh, bad, bad grandma. grandma.
12: Everything that I was told I could not watch was personified by The Undertaker, and therefore, he was the one that I wanted to watch the most. That She's I was saying told I'm a bad I guy. could not. Watch. I love Undertaker.
9: You
2: like him? Yeah?
9: I like him. The lightning about him. I'm like terrified of that part. your dad could take on the Undertaker?
0: No.
9: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we watch a lot of behind the scenes stuff, and I love that in real life he's just like the coolest guy. Kind of reminds me of my dad. I'm just like, yeah. I got
9: <laughs> a big stadium. brother.
4: Like, I got to be dad. But
0: then when he comes out in the stadium, you're like, we're all gonna die.
12: <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have seen the the Rock nowadays. Take on The Undertaker now. That I a, his that candy ass, to too. That. That's why yeah. Rock
11: left. He had to go make movies <laughs> instead of wrestling. Yeah, totally. I, 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 <laughs> I've yes. got my
12: fingers crossed, just really hoping that WrestleMania 36 was not the last time that we're going to see Undertaker wrestling. Well. So you like, a...
9: So let's just try one more thing. Picture yourself inside the squared circle. It's you and The Undertaker this Sunday at WrestleMania. Fans are chanting your name, like, bad, bad.
10: Undertaker (laughs) I've beaten them all Rock Stone Cold Triple H I have Destroyed Them all And I
11: got some
7: For you Undertaker
11: What do you got for me Holy (laughs) (laughs) Let me know What you got for me I quit
9: (laughs) You win (laughs) You two Versus The Undertaker At Wrestlemania Okay Look at her stretching You're gonna cut loose here Here we go Go for it Yeah ever since the streak Ended. Ooh. There's been a streak developed up your back. A yellow streak. You're a coward, The Undertaker.
5: And
0: coward. We're to everyone, we're gonna show him. We're gonna tell and us. So
9: what are you gonna
11: tell me?
0: Oh my god!
11: What color is the streak up my back?
9: <laughs> your best wow. Undertaker impressions. Here
5: okay, we go. Right. I got go a little sugar heart. Right?
9: <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing my stuff? Whoa! <laughs> You're kind of cutting out a little bit with the sound a little bit. Sorry, oh. and just like exit out and then just just redrawing really quickly. All right. All right, you're up, Taker. <laughs> this
10: good. How are we doing now? Does it sound a little bit better?
11: You sound much better now.
10: Oh my goodness.
11: Christina, yeah, how are you?
5: <laughs> I'm great, I'm great. You,
9: you, oh.
11: you. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, why'd you have to bring up the streak, man?
9: Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I'm sorry, it's part of your legacy.
11: Has... Uh, I'm still a little touched with that part, you know. The
9: streak had to exist before it could be broken.
11: Oh, keep Thank digging.
5: You. Yeah, keep see, digging. Got, <laughs> that's what he's <laughs> doing. <This is> <laughs> right.
11: Do you need a minute? <laughs> so now it's your turn to come face to face with me. Click the link or go to omaze.com/undertaker. And enter for a chance to team up with me at the WWE Performance Center. It's going to be an experience you won't soon forget. Best of all, every donation supports the life-changing work of Make-A-Wish. So donate now. Or else.
1: Okay, well, you know, that's cool. It's it's still weird for me to see him out of gimmick, though. But yeah, definitely go donate if you can. I'm going to put the link up for you guys. It's, It's cool for me to see him out of gimmick when i see shit like that though i'm worried i don't want the undertaker to become the male version of elvira you know what i mean oh God. where it's kind of like he's in he's not he's half out of his gimmick you know what i mean it's not so much before the way he described it was like now it's time to hang up the undertaker and just be all mark and i was like all right cool but now like with the promoting and the marketing he's like half undertaker which kind of like the way if you look at the older version of Elvira, she's kind of half Elvira, she's kind of gimmicky, but every now and then she'll do an Elvira laugh or an expression or something, that's what he's kind of doing, you know, like it'll be like you know, hey, you know, eat Lucky Charm but don't forget to rest Ew. like, what the fuck, like it's just awkward, <laughs> you know
3: you know, it's so funny,
2: <laughs> at first it used to be but I guess to an extent for certain thing, the work he has to kind of bounce in and out but it's cool to see him just having fun now like, he had to be just like serious taker for all these years and now he's just fucking with people like I guarantee that guy and his girlfriend had to be the funniest one because that's why I saw the bitch come on his mouth immediately she tried to run he grabbed her like no you're not be dealing with this together
1: <laughs> yeah so they uh they released some videos here from the undertaker's final farewell I thought was really cool I wanted to share with you guys but yeah that's him with Jeff Hardy I guess this is just stuff from uh, the event. Yeah, little backstage pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that him with the Iconics? Oh, uh, so.
7: yeah, I believe that's him.
1: Mm-hmm. That's him with MVP. I like the way these are done with the mono look. You know. Yeah, that's a really nice touch. And then Shawn Michaels.
2: Kind of crazy, like how long he'd been around, how many people he'd seen come in and out of those locker rooms,
1: right? And he has his his longtime friends from that, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, longtime friends, the people he only maybe got to spend a little bit of time with, but it's like everybody in one way or the other has different interactions with him.
1: Yeah, it's something else. And when you think about it, this generation that's now pretty much uh, the creator for the new guys, the trainers for the new guys, you got to wonder what's after them, because I hate to say it, but it doesn't seem like there's going to be like another generation like this, you know,
2: (laughs) not like this one.
1: It's kind of like we sort of reached the end of that, you know, brother brotherhood in a way. And it's part of the corporate structure that's killing it, where in the future you may not have that anymore. Everybody sort of just winds up solo and not really uh have any kind of unification for the future of the company.
2: Exactly. It's unfortunate.
1: Yeah. Well, who knows? Things change all the time, so maybe there can be some differences. We'll definitely have to see. Well, uh, at least the undertaker is involved. Exactly. In
2: one way or the other he'll still be hanging
1: around. So, so have you seen Kurt Angle recently? Yeah. Kurt Angle has Damn, been Kurt. getting in shape. He looks good. I don't mean this you could Kurt. come
2: back and rank Kurt, but he looks good.
1: So what do you think of this? I want opinions. Chat room, you. What do you think of Kurt Angle, his new look? How hard he's working out, how his body looks now.
2: I mean, hey, you know, it's we've seen people in older age get in a really, really, really good shape. So it doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah, you take care of yourself. This is kind of the result a lot of the time. Yeah, pretty much. I see I see, I see videos on his social media where he's always, like, working out and, like, taking care of himself and stuff. So it's, like, not surprised that eventually he started coming out like this.
1: Got a bod like that with a broken freaking neck. You're damn right, George. <laughs> exactly. So Superstar Billy Graham you wrote know, a <laughs> post about this and he said, he said he said so fans kurt angle at 851 has turned his physique completely around with hard work eating the right amount of protein and taking plenty of roids He has literally transformed himself into another person. I say congratulations to Kurt as I have always liked this man for the first day I met him. Very respectful to me and was, and I am sure, still a class act. His quote that went along with this great bodybuilding shot was, Damn, it feels good to be able to train hard again, feeling like I'm in my 30s. Again, congratulations on having the guts to train hard. Even with the juice, if you don't train hard, you can't look like Kurt does. Here, way to go, brother. (laughs) Interesting
2: I love how like this like The first time we hear about about him in months This is what he comes back with
1: Do you think Kurt Angle's juicing? Hell no A really impressive 51 though I have to say That's like an anime 51 man Right Like I'm not saying he's juicing I'm just saying this is very Interesting You know at 51 wow
2: Yeah man look good for his age
1: He's superstar, Graham. But I mean, and Jose fucking, take off juicing and wrestling. I think he is.
2: Yeah, freaking, I mean, remember when um he said Kofi would never get over without the juice? Like, come on, dude. If Billy Graham thinks you're juicing, that's a guaranteed sign you're not juicing.
1: Yeah, you're probably right there. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying, this is a very impressive physique.
2: Oh yeah, well, that was definitely ain't a shadow of a doubt about that.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully he's not. I'm not gonna to pass to judgment. He looks great though. Either way. Whatever. Oh yeah. Man look good. Mm-hmm. Leo Rush developed a new finisher. Did you hear about this? I have not. It's named after uh his uh his late trainer, RJ Meyer. Let's see what this says. Bruise Mission. Tribute to his late trainer.
10: Bruise Mission? He's gotta get back on him and get a pin. Boy,
4: look to double
10: up here. Got him locked into submission now. Go, 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 go. Man, I've never seen this before. T- it's almost like a neck back crank where he's no turning him go.
8: sideways. And
10: this has oh, got to be painful. There it goes.
9: Here is your winner, Leo
12: We're going to make him feel the that tells you something about the respect that Leo Rush had to earn for Adrian Quest because how many people has he put away with that final hour of Frog Splash? He knew he would have to double tap this zombie. He
10: went for the submission to boot. He knew it was going to take more. To-
2: what do you think? It looks like almost three different submissions in one because I see I see the neck crank. I mm-hmm. see what looked almost like um, kind of like the Gargano escape. Yeah. I also see like what looks like that really rare UFC submission,
1: the like twister. Yeah, it's interesting that a guy with his wrestling style would go for a submission as his no finisher, you know? Yeah,
2: which I like it because it's so different. So like you don't expect
1: it. Yeah, I guess in a sense you could look at it that way. Yeah.
7: What is truth? this? What is this prime
1: time thing he's wrestling on?
7: Um, I've heard
2: little whispers about this company here and there. I know um they did a tribute show. Or something for his um for his trainer. I think this might actually have been that same event. But yeah, he's been he's been kind of bouncing around places here and there though.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Alberto del Rio news here. Oh God. Yeah, I know, right? So Alberto del Rio. Apparently, his girlfriend, ex girlfriend, after what happened, released an Instagram post. It was in Spanish and it was translated, and it says, uh, an apology to the Rodriguez Del Rio family for the damages caused by my mistakes. So uh, I don't know exactly what that means, but she's just apologizing for the damage caused by her mistakes. I don't know what the hell her mistakes were, but this is what she put out there. And uh, after she put that statement out there, the brother of Alberto Del Rio, Hijo de Dos Caras, he wrote, uh, the truth always falls under its own weight. Garbage person. He basically called her a garbage person. So, uh, these are the th- things that she was quoting. saying. We have the whole quote here. Yeah, he said, well, band, as everyone knows, the truth always falls under its own weight. After so many months, finally, the garbage person who accused my brother of something totally false spoke with the truth, admitting his lie. And although he apologized in such a mean way after everything he caused to m- me, brother and my family, both personally and professionally, hopefully it will serve for those people who destroyed my carnal to open their eyes and for those people who supported him and did not turn their backs on him, do justice because in the end he like many other celebrities was the victim of an advantageous and greedy person. Like so many who abuse the spotlight and try to profit at whatever cost, the truth will set you free. That's weird how that whole thing got cleaned up like that, right? Yeah. The fuck is going on here?
7: I I don't even know anymore.
1: This seems like it's out of left field. Like suddenly she didn't even say what she was apologizing for, what her mistakes were. She never said that she was lying, but, uh, hmm. looking at this here. Apparently it's being reported by the sheets that, uh, there is no record that exists anymore for Alberto Del Rio's case. Now it has been noted by Dallas justice that, uh, in Texas, under certain circumstances, you're eligible to expunge your criminal record under Texas law. If the case was dismissed by the district attorney. Or no build by a grand jury, but whatever the case may be, the record that we've been talking about isn't there anymore at all. It's gone, so doesn't really matter what anyone's opinion is of what happened because there was apparently enough done that it's just been deleted completely. It's no longer canon. So apparently, the I guess the assumption is that the charges were dropped. Yeah, that's the the only thing. The trial date that he had January twenty fifth apparently that's gone too. And when you look up his records, the only thing that there's there is from Bexar County, the two twenty sixteen 2016 divorce that he went through. Hmm. The clean slate, as Batman would Hell say. No. <laughs> I can't believe you just batman him. The clean slate. Hmm. Interesting stuff going on here. This, this is some shit. <laughs> yeah, I guess. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think he's not guilty after everything? or oh I guess.
2: Wanna, I want to know what these mistakes were that you mentioned, because that's like a
1: pretty vague statement. Unless the mistake is lying.
2: Yeah, that's that's the thing about it with the charges just suddenly disappearing. Chip, you know what? That's... You just made the list! Oh no! Oh, here we go. Oh, thank you for the follow, Potato Chip. Um, hello. Yeah, that that is great. I love that fucking name. But um yeah, like, with the fact that, like, the charges just disappeared, unless she explains herself further, that's the only thing you can really think of. Which, if that's the case, that is fucked.
1: That is strange. That is definitely strange. Yeah, either that or he, Darío has some influence somewhere. Some power was flexed, you know? I'm they made like her an people offer people. she can't refuse. So, could be one of those things. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Really weird stuff. Switching over to Impact News, Ethan Page apparently has come down with the coove from what we're hearing.
7: Oh, God.
1: Yeah, so uh that's not good. Apparently, yeah, he just finished his last round of Impact TV tapings because his contract was going to expire at the end of December, and uh, he's going to have a 14-day quarantine. And I... Uh, yeah, that's pretty shitty. He tested positive. He tweeted out, I want to apologize to the ACW Wisconsin for having to miss the December 4th upcoming event. I've been in, I've come in contact with a COVID positive person and we'll need to quarantine for 14 days. So, uh, that is not good. And yeah. as a result of, uh, as a result of this happening and as a result of, uh, apparently there are people that are pissed off in impact that were not told that there was a positive COVID test on the roster and it, there were people that were in the group. And apparently they said that, uh, they, they travel together. You know what I mean? Like, so this was like a thing where people got offended at the fact that they weren't told. And now not knowing what's going to happen, Impact's way of dealing with the situation was, uh, they filmed multiple endings to their top angles. That way, depending on what happens, will be the ending that they play, I'm assuming. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. That's stupid. Yeah. Why not just be honest The way AEW is That's the one thing AEW is good Is transparency Like if someone gets COVID or sick Or something weird happens Or you know whatever Just fucking say that it happened And move on with the show To the best of your ability You literally taped multiple endings Like I get that there's kayfabe and shit But Jesus Now we're crossing the line here What are you gonna do next Green screening motherfuckers Like this
2: is a day and age Where kayfabe's not an excuse anymore
1: Yeah that's a bit much There ain't that much kayfabe (gasps) in the world
2: Exactly.
1: But this is what they're doing alternate endings. Yeah,
2: yeah. get well soon, even. <sighs> oh,
1: man. And unfortunately, in other Impact sad news, Bob Ryder has passed away. Co yeah, president of Impact Wrestling, long founder. time. Yeah, Bob Ryder has been around forever. And I know sometimes on this show, I'll admit we were critical of certain things Bob Ryder has said in regards to defending Impact. I think he's one of the people who defended when there were empty seats all over the damn place. <sighs>
2: Had to rode with them literally until the end.
1: Yeah, he was found dead in his home in Nashville by police this past Wednesday. He was always battling cancer. So, uh, yeah, that was unfortunate. And, yeah, thoughts and prayers, condolences go out to everyone, his family, his friends, everyone who's known him. So it's bad to lose a staple of the wrestling community. Oh, yeah. Well, in other news, Jay Uso is getting his own merchandise. That's right. You're gonna be yep. able to get your own USO merchandise.
2: He was actually rocking it uh this past Friday.
1: Mm-hmm. He rocked on a SmackDown. Which we're gonna go over later tonight. Yes, I'm gonna get him merchandise. That's right. Hey, look at that,
2: that. main event USO. Look at you. Yeah.
1: Worried about your brother now because he has no recognition. Like now you, now everyone knows you.
2: Yeah. Hey, he better, he better take that ass whooping into the family too.
1: Yeah. Pretty much. Right. <laughs>
2: That's like a gang style initiation. I gotta kick your ass so bad you join the family. Uh huh.
1: But uh, yeah, I'm glad that he got that. I mean, it goes to show that sometimes the most unlikely people can get pushes in this company, you know?
2: Yeah, because it was so just out of left field. Nobody saw that coming. And it wound up working out so well for him, the way mm-hmm. he's doing some of the best stuff I've seen him do.
1: Yeah. So that is very cool for him. Support Jay if you like the shirt.
2: Yeah. You know what I was thinking too, um, as I was watching this past Friday? Would this kind of be similar to how things turned out for Jeff when the Hardy split? Even though the Usos haven't technically actually split?
1: In some ways. In some ways, they've definitely um, acquired their own identities here. This has definitely helped him.
2: Yeah, because it's like nobody's really thinking about Jimmy until you see him on TV, where every time you see either Heyman, Roman, Jay, or whoever Jay, whoever Roman's feuding with, you're constantly thinking of Jay. he's kind of like pushed himself out in front a little bit with this thing
1: well hey if you're there to put in the work you're supposed to get the reward that's how this originally was supposed to work right exactly you know it's just the way that it's not working now yeah yeah i know it sucks but while we're talking about clothing lines he's not the only person who has a clothing line because chris jericho apparently has a new pain maker store where he's selling a bunch of his own clothing have you seen this
2: uh, I think I might have seen a little bit of it here and there.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to take a look with you guys here. What the hell we have in regards to uh, the clothing store here. Painmaker products. All right.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was wearing, um, the inner Circle was wearing these on, wearing some of these on AEW this past week.
1: We got that Eye of the Storm one. That's pretty cool. We got Fear the Reaper. Hell is coming. These are interesting looking shirts.
2: Yeah, I like them. I might have to grab myself one.
1: Another hell is coming. Crown of thorns. Crown of thorns. These all have a good style to them. I guess these are the people in the roster wearing them. Kanji skull rolled cuff. Kanji skull. That's a pink one there. Pain, pain racker. They're making moves. Red eye rising. Vertical instead of Jericho. Vertical. I see what they did there. There's more of them here. We click. Yeah, there's more of them here at the bottom. Black and white eye. Whiter circle. Vertical. (laughs) Sure. They I mean, look good. What do you think? What are your thoughts on this line of clothing?
2: I like them. Yeah. I like that even though some have the similar have the same kind of concept of look like they're still all different in their own ways. Yeah. But hey man, it's another avenue for Jericho. So I ain't mad at him. Yeah, I can't complain either. Yeah. I've always liked that about Jericho. Like if he can figure out different types of avenues to get his stuff out there, he'll literally hit every single one that he can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, good for him. There is the, uh, I'm going to share the link with you guys for anybody that's interested in, uh, in all that stuff. Give me a minute here. So many links to share. <laughs> we'll get that up on social media for everybody as well. Get some Jericho clothes. Get you some Jericho clothes, right? Right.
2: Get you some Jericho clothes.
1: Jericho clothes. I'm surprised that that he didn't, uh, coin that <laughs> already.
2: All I'm saying, Jericho, that one's free. All right.
1: Yeah. So while we're still talking some merchandise, the Young Bucks, as you know, they have a book that just came out and, uh, there's some interesting stuff in this book. One of the things that they do talk about is, uh, their encounter with Seth Rollins back when they were all in the Indies. Let me see if I could, uh, bring up that passage here real quick. I'm trying to get the image and everything going at the exact same time and it ain't working. But anyway, here is the, uh, the passage. It says, uh, they said that, uh, one day uh I'm trying to get the quote here. One of the first times uh Jesus Christ, this is just all so, I'm sorry. This is this is discombobulated here. They basically said that they ran into Seth Rollins who they knew as Tyler Black. And they said that uh like Kenny and him, he was an introvert and he seemed to be misunderstood by the other wrestlers as being arrogant. And after becoming friends with him, they learned that he was just shy yet confident in his in-ring abilities, and being around guys like Tyler gave them strength in numbers, and that one of the first times they hung out late at night after a show, uh, Tyler confidently said, I'll be in the main event of WrestleMania one day, and then they went on to say he'd later become WWE Seth Rollins, and he'd do just that, those are pretty much the stories that they're putting out there about these guys, but uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting that they knew him back then, and that he had that uh, freaking aspiration from the very beginning, you know? (laughs)
2: <laughs> that wasn't just promo; like that was real shit.
1: Yeah, it was. It was surrounded. That paragraph was surrounded by so much dirt shit. If I call it dirt shit, when they so when they fluff it with their own dirt sheet stuff, I was trying to get just <laughs> a quote from them, and not the dirt shit.
2: We need to coin that phrase right there. That's what we need
1: to do. That's what it is. when you get stuff in the dirt cheese, that's irrelevant. It's just, I don't want the dirt. I want the dirt cheese not the dirt shit. Yeah. So apparently, Edge is not doing too well. As a writer for WWE
2: Now if you listen closely you heard Everybody clinch (laughs) (laughs) It was like a vacuum seal just (laughs) Well Edge isn't doing too well (laughs) As a WWE writer
1: (laughs) I love that moment (laughs) Apparently they said that uh He doesn't want to do it They said that uh He's, he's frustrated. He doesn't like the late meetings and start times. He doesn't like waiting for Vince McMahon. Uh, he's complaining about, uh, how long it takes to get the meeting started. They said that, uh, you know, he was backstage during Survivor Series, but he wasn't doing the same thing as Daniel Bryan, which was learning the whole backstage process at a pay per view. Like, basically, he, he doesn't do good at this shit. They don't like it. He doesn't like it. Nobody likes it. Not good. I, I mean,
2: know. you can't put, Certain people in certain roles. Like it's just it's weird for him. Like he's back now, the dude wants to fight. Like, yeah. Like I get want you want to keep him occupied, but it's like, dude, this
1: isn't gonna work for him. I thought it was weird myself. I was like, I and mean, he never really showed any sign with creative, but that's what they want. Daniel Bryan, on the other hand, he's in creative as well, as you guys know. And he's somebody who's always a little bit difficult to to juggle with when it comes to the WWE product. You know, he's doing fucking fantastic, though. He loves it. He's totally into his role, man. They said that he's been going above and beyond to help people backstage. He's got talent when he's in guerrilla position. He gives advice. He learns how backstage works. He's considered one of the tenured members of the creative team. And he's learning the skill set on the headsets as well. He's listening to Vince and learning how to produce the shows. So, I mean, this is a man who fit right into the mold that they were looking for. They said that he goes above and beyond. And he takes this job very seriously. Watching everything that Vin's done. Learning how to produce the shows. So there is, a, is, there is a, a contrast. Game. There is a contrast there. And uh, maybe that's the reason why. Uh, Smackdown isn't shitty. Yeah. It could be. I mean that's my assumption.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm going to figure out. I mean dude's a smart guy. So it's yeah. it's kind of not surprising.
1: And they said that he has significant creative control over his character as well. You know, Meltzer was saying that when it comes to him, a lot of what happens to him is very much up to him because he has he's on creative and everything and a lot of with him is very much what he wants and how he wants it done. So good for him, man. Good for Danny Bryan, right?
2: Yeah, always good to have pretty much say over your own stuff. I mean it's happening to you. You would at least hope you have some say over it.
1: <laughs> she said tiny vans,
2: <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> went, That's awesome. Just with better quads.
1: I'm tiny vans.
2: <laughs> oh, oh my god! It just hit me. Damn. Oh, oh it's been so long since I heard that. Oh, it just hit me late. Ugh. Oh.
5: Damn.
1: <laughs> well, as you guys know, WWE is going to be moving within the next little over a week, starting at December 10th. That'll be the first what? show. That's true? Yep, December 10th. It'll be at the Tropicana Field. That's where the new Thunderdome is going to be away from the Amway Center. So what that's we a know
2: is a significantly bigger place too, isn't it?
1: Yep. From what we heard, not only is it significantly bigger, but the sound there is awful. So they're going to have to work around the significantly bigger, awful, as it's been quoted, not me. That's what they're saying, okay. quote unquote, awful sound of this big ass place that they're going to be going to. And the whole reason is because it used to be used as a baseball field. So, uh, Ooh, yeah, and that's true. And if you've ever been to a baseball game before,
2: the sound is, um, different.
1: It's gonna, I, I don't know how they're gonna pull this one off. They're gonna have to, uh, pipe sound into the television taping, but I think the actual <laughs> arena is gonna sound like even shit. more sound. And apparently, they're saying that there's a colony of pigeons who live in the dome's roof. I heard
2: about that. Yo, imagine the fucking rumble happening, and pigeons are making run ins.
1: And apparently these pigeons don't give a fuck. They were in the infield during a Devil Rays game.
2: Oh, dude! I'll tell you so right now because I think this is like this is kind of like in like the city, right?
1: Right. I guess these I don't know where the fuck pigeons, this right?
2: is. City pigeons will make you go around.
1: Okay, so let's let's have a look here because we apparently have footage of this.
6: Ten home runs and has been swinging the bat better. The pigeons. Put up a picket line on the right side of the infield oh, for yeah. Mustakis. Yeah. yeah, and
1: you run know, up to them, man. Slow. Just run and clear that it, shit out. You know, I'm telling you right oh, now. Don't back Roll over, out. hard hit ground I would, ball. I would, I punch one of those fucking of you. things.
2: Yeah, you got, you clearly
6: bunched to. up the shift on the right side. Oh. Up uh, now, another right. shift. They've decided they sense danger. Tom Foley,
1: man, that's, gonna, oh, that's just Floyd in Floyd case we don't have enough shit to worry about during wrestling. Hood pigeons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just I mean, in case yeah. there's not enough shit that we don't want to have to worry about during wrestling. Like, now we're going to be on here reporting about when the pigeons fuck up the matches.
2: Hey, hey Ashley, how you doing? But yeah, like, we, yeah, yeah, fucking city pigeons don't give an eye on oh, no, fuck. Like, okay, you go play your game, understand, bitch? We got front row seats, fuck all y'all. Hey, like, just match that shit, AJ going up for the Phenomenal 4,
1: AJ going for the Phenomenal 4 yeah how about we just don't fucking go there you know what i mean like do we always have to do things that don't work like imagine if you were trying to get a house or something you know you went there and there were just pigeons there you'd be like well can't go here with pigeons all over the fucking place and that would be it there'd be no conflict no problem we just leave right but you gotta have that bigger arena the bigger Stick arena the fucking pigeons live in i can't wait has- to start watching starting december 10th all of the wrestling where in, in a fucking baseball field with the pigeons hang out
2: you know what the sad part is, you joke, I'm dead-ass serious. I can't wait for that shit. I can't mm-hmm. wait for the first time I see a pigeon popping ring.
1: In case the beach balls aren't enough when the crowd brings them, I'm going to have the fucking pigeons here.
2: You can't get rid of the pigeons. It's that easy, too. That's the best part. Right?
1: Good God, man. Come on. What is this nonsense? There's always some weird shit, man. I can't believe the world we live in. You know, I, I bet you I could get rid of those pigeons. Get me the right set of arms. <laughs> You could take that. You can interpret that by whatever arms I meant. It's up to your own interpretation.
2: <laughs> and if you're thinking of anything else than the one I'm thinking of, I'm gonna need you to get with the program. You fuck up pigeons on Friday night, alright? Say no game. Yeah. Gonna be
1: pigeon mania, motherfucker. Don't so pigeon mania. Yes, I went there.
2: I was really waiting for you to be like write it down.
1: No, nah, I'm not gonna write it down. No. Ah, so apparently. AEW and TMZ have a partnership together? Really? Yeah, how does that work?
2: I didn't know was I didn't know TMZ partnered with
1: anybody. Oh, apparently here, let's see what we got here. Apparently Warner Media owns uh Bleacher Report, which is one of the places that streams AEW. And Shaq has a deal with Warner Media. And TMZ started having articles that at the bottom of them say partnered with AEW. Just like the Floyd Mayweather one that they did uh to stop mocking, calling calling people <laughs> stop mocking Nate Robinson.
2: You know, tell me what to do, Floyd. Right?
1: Yeah. So I guess I don't know. For some reason, it says it says um, if AEW is in bed with TMZ, weird.
2: I can get that exposure
1: out there. Hmm. Indeed. Apparently, WWE wants more referee officiating to be shoot officiating. I don't know if you've heard about this.
2: Yeah, I've been hearing um, that's kind of why things went the way they did with uh, the New Day Hurt business match from last week.
1: Right, which has been this way for a while, but they want to more strongly enforce it. In case anyone here doesn't understand what that means, is that when you're having a match in the WWE structure, the ref is the ref. That is a shoot ref. That means that the way that the WWE, in case, and I've always known this, but in case anybody didn't realize, it's not like AEW or Ring of Honor where the ref is sort of in on the angle. No, the ref is sent out there as an actual fucking ref, which means that when you're watching Raw, the the superstars have to keep in mind when he's legitimately in a distracted position in order to be able to get their heat. They have to legitimately think about countouts. If they don't kick out when they're supposed to, he's not going to fucking slow the count down for them. They have to know when to kick out. They have to know where to be, have their foots in the right places, all that kind of shit.
2: Yeah. Because uh, basically what happened with uh, the match last week Between New Day and Hurt Business said uh, um, Shelton and Kofi lost track of the count The ref did not
1: stop The ref does not know to finish So that means that if WWE decides to do a finish That involves something wonky He has to just know to count when the, fi- when the shoulders are on the mat And this is the reason why A lot of the time when you'll see those awkward motions In Raw matches where like the shoulders won't be down And the ref won't count because he's not supposed to. He's actually following the rule. And uh basically, according to them, Vince's entire logic is that having this whole bumbling referee thing that people have had in wrestling for years has played out. And uh they said that Vince feels that referees need credibility so that the heels, when the heel actually cheats, they're going to get actual heat. Otherwise, all the heat goes to the ref for being incompetent and the heel doesn't get any heat at all. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if a ref ignorantly turns around for an extended amount of time because he knows that there's a spot coming. The crowd that's watching is not going to look at the heel and go, that motherfucker cheated. They're going to be like, hey, stupid ref, turn around. What the fuck was the ref doing there for so long? Why didn't the ref turn around? That's so stupid. Look how long he was there. You understand what I'm saying? You already distracted your audience psychologically. Then you took all the heat by mistake off of the wrestler who you were trying to get it on doing the distraction. And you put it on the ref for looking like an asshole. So Vince's logic is the only way to go around this psychology is if the ref is actually doing his job. Then the heels have to be good at their job. And when they do get that, the heat automatically comes to them. So I'm just breaking it down for anyone to understand the logic of what's happening here. So I don't know how you feel about it. Um, for me, I, I see it sort of like this. Um, I look at a lot of the choreography we see in Japan matches, AEW matches, the Bucks, FTR and things like that. And when everything goes good, the match is great. When everything falls apart, the match can be shit. Not saying that it does very often, but in any match where you have a lot of things that are already placed in a certain way, you got to make sure everything goes according to plan. If you have a good ref that knows how to go along with it and everyone's timing and momentum is done properly within it, you don't really need shoot refs. Because I kind of feel like a shoot ref is a, is more of a liability because you get situations like that hurt business shit where the ref might actually fuck up the angle because you told him to go out there and do his job. There was a bit of a timing miscommunication. God forbid somebody sprains themselves or fucking knee buckle or something happens in the middle of this that throws something a bit off and you wind up getting counted or or knocked out or whatever. You know, so I mean, there's the risk there and I get what they want. They're going for that clean look and they don't want the opposite to happen. But uh, I guess it's subjective. I, I would have to take it on a match to match basis. Really, the way that that should work, in my opinion, is no different than the way wrestling should work, where it's like people who can call it in the ring, call it in the ring people who prefer to have the match planned ahead of time, planned ahead of time. If you're a veteran who's been here for 20 years with another veteran, if you're Sting and Ric Flair, obviously you don't fucking need to go over 20 minutes of what you're going to do. I would assume that Sting and Ric Flair can go in there and not even speak before the match. And they'll be able to have a great match. But still if you're winged. Brett and Sean or you're Undertaker and Sean, I'm sure that they don't have to have a meeting, but with some people they prefer that shit, especially the girls I've noticed lately. So uh knowing that I kind of feel like that's the way you need to handle your ref. If you got a ref who's good out there, in a in a work environment, Kfabing it up with them, go for it. But if you need to have that shoot ref, then do it. But it should be that designated, not just universal. But uh yeah. yeah
2: I mean I, I've noticed more miss when you have like a shoot ref, because just like it says things can go wrong. The ref's not gonna know if something went wrong or not. For all we know, that ref last week thought, oh, it's supposed to be a double countdown, and then we restart it. But if you have a ref where he knows what's going to happen or the least is that open line of communication in the ring. If something goes wrong, first of all, the adjustment looks a lot cleaner. And then it also just lessens the chance of something going wrong.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that.
2: It's just something like, like a shoot ref leaves too much room for error. It's not even that it's a good or a bad idea. It's just, there's more opportunity for stuff to go wrong.
1: Yeah. Unless you're great at it, I guess. I mean, that, that puts more stress on the wrestler. I think You have to worry about yeah. that shit. You're, legit, you're, you're legitimately worrying about when this guy's back is turned <laughs> and turning back it, around, it, it, it getting your foot out before the three phone, count. Some... You know what I mean? Like, there's no, he's not working with you. Very different.
2: You, you got to think how much how, how less fluid would a uh, Eddie lying, cheating, and stealing have looked if it was a shoot ref? To be you
1: clear, can't necessarily tying out. To be clear, I can't say that I dislike this. Because I kind of, in description, I like the way that it comes off. You know what I mean? Like when I think about it in description, that is a cool aspect to have in your wrestling company that your refs are shoot refs, you know? Because when it works, it works. But when it doesn't work, it doesn't work.
2: And that's, I think, the part that's the worrying thing is what happens when it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it does for them. So far, that's, that's their system. So, uh,. Yeah retribution has really been taking over main event i knew you were going to finish that sentence for me that's why i threw it out there (laughs) but yep retribution has been on main event lately is that is that a bad sign that is because they're still on raw in three quarters like holy crap like i feel like that's a really bad sign you know
7: good god
1: yeah, you know, doesn't make any sense, but that could be a decline there. If you start seeing them on only main event, I'd be more worried. I I got this news before I knew they were going to be on Raw tonight, so I don't think they've fully given up on them. Let's just I think of it hope, as a way to... But, but then
2: again, with what happened on Raw, I don't know.
1: <sighs> yeah, maybe. Imagine if they yeah. become a main event stable. My
2: God, they'll be jobbing out there, too.
1: Yeah, how tragic would that but, be?
2: But, but I swear, once we get to Raw, I'm literally about to poke a, ho- a hell of a hole... In some in a statement that was thrown out there, but yeah, uh, that's crazy. Like I remember, like they showed up and it was such like a badass appearance,
1: and then they showed up on main event. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I don't mind them. I'd like to see them develop better, but it's I don't hate it completely. Yeah, I just
2: it's just, I like the appearance and everything. It's just this thing has a hell of a hole he has to dig yourself out of. Hmm. Because the appearance has been great, but it's like then when you look at the innards of it, it's like, oh my god.
1: This All of this stuff would work if it was booked by somebody else. That's the sad part about it.
2: There's so many different things that's like, if it wasn't done this way, it would have been so much better.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one of them. But it's He's not, like I said.
2: Changing everybody's names. Not necessary.
1: Don't count them out yet. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I uh, remember how that turned out the last time. I'll wait. <laughs> how could I forget? Because
13: <laughs> I won't let you.
1: That's right. <laughs> so they brought back Finley as a producer. Yeah, good old
2: Fit Finley.
1: Finley was brought back. Look, the people who got furloughed are starting to come back. They all return. It's going to look like that scene in Avengers where all of the portals open up you know, and everybody's back. You see Doctor Strange. To your left, Captain.
2: <laughs> Except Avengers, Marvel brought them back because DC wasn't kicking their ass, but I mean, I sip my tea. But... Uh, <laughs>
1: You know, you also got uh, another producer return. Good old Shane Helms. I guess we will not be seeing him back in AEW as the Hurricane anymore. What's up with that? Uh, I've
2: never done that. He'll he'll show up in another company just to do that one good time and then dip.
1: Yeah, well, he's back here now. So he's back with the Mm. boys. So he's a producer on the Raw brand once again. So Hurricane and Fit Finley back in their respective seats. Just to give you guys some updates on that, we always talk about when people get fired, we never talk about when people get rehired, so that's definitely a good exactly. thing to do. Good to have him back, absolutely. Happy birthday, Jerry Lawler, spending his birthday with JR at an NFL game. They went to the Cleveland Browns versus Jacksonville Jaguars game. I wonder who they were cheering for. I wonder it would be great if they were cheering for the Jaguars, right? Considering the whole Tony Khan owning them, right. <laughs> Isn't Which I'm, I'm sure they would be thing, because Jim Ross is there. It's just Jerry, Jerry Lawler would be the unusual one for cheering when yeah, But that yeah say it does say think that like
2: Lawler's the older of the two in this picture?
1: Is Lawler older than JR? I guess he I is, believe right?
2: JR's about. I believe JR's about 68.
1: Yeah. Like, nice to know that their friendship transcends beyond the microphone.
2: I mean, it's it's probably like it, it's the wrestling pairing that I came up with. And I know a lot of fans came up with. And it's It's cool to see that, first of all, they remain friends all these years. They're forever attached at the hip, so it's not like it's even optional anymore, but it was good to see them get to have this little moment, especially for Jerry's birthday, which, my God, 71. Holy shit, he looks good at 71.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, what else we got? Devon Dudley apparently he's having some sort of health issues here i haven't seen this story yet to tell you let's have a look at what we got here devon dudley uh he said that he's been off work because he's been dealing with health problems um and he said he's hanging in there we don't know what the health problems are but he said he saw a doctor and that uh he said it's been a little rough so definitely wish devon the best in whatever he's going through
2: get well soon
1: get well soon uh also unfortunately gilberg suffered a heart attack dwayne gill yeah i heard about gilberg he had a heart attack um apparently james ellsworth which is actually his good friend in real life, life uh is the one who broke the news and he sent a picture and he said so my buddy gilberg today he's home recovering and doing well uh so yeah gilberg apparently has a GoFundMe set up by him by by I, I think Ellsworth and Gilbert's wife to pay his medical expenses. If you guys want to help to pay gilberg after this heart attack, I'm sharing the link on our Twitter as well as in the chat room live right now. So there and you go. If he
2: can help him out,
1: hmm yeah, glad he survived, man.
2: Exactly. I terrorized a bunch of a joke giving because he was. I hate to lose gilberg
1: Yeah. Take Ellsworth but, instead.
2: That's awful. <laughs> <laughs>
5: that's,
1: I'm just fucking kidding, <laughs> like, man.
2: I was about this was great story about how my first Raw, I got to see Gilbert can't <laughs> with that shit.
1: <laughs> Damn. I don't mean that, man. It's satire, Jesus.
2: I mean, hey, but yeah, good to have <laughs> known that your friends got you back in times like these.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, Scott Steiner's son apparently is going to be trying out with the WWE.
2: Oh, Jesus. Tell me he cuts promos like his dad.
1: I have no idea. I hope the guy does. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about this guy. His name is uh, Bronson Reichsteiner. We don't know Scott's real name is Scott Reichsteiner, but he's Bronson Steiner, I guess, if his name's Reichsteiner. You know, he was a running back for uh, Kennesaw State University football team, played for the Baltimore Ravens. He was weighed from an NFL team, six foot two hundred and thirty pounds. Looks healthy.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, boy, look like he can
4: hit that
2: shit, Nate. Contact something no,
4: <laughs> Wow. Poor <laughs> I Nate. I couldn't
2: stop it my I go back again.
4: <laughs> poor,
1: poor Nate.
2: He'll never de- I'll tell you, but he'll never be the same again. That's it for him. Motherfucker's new occupation is meme. Mm-hmm.
1: Aliyah Mysterio put out an Instagram post. Showing gratitude, showing her how grateful she is for having a Porsche, apparently. You know, I bet you're grateful for that shit. <laughs> I fucking be too. She says lots to be thankful for. I bet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, you got Mysterio money. You could be thankful for a lot of shit.
1: Got Mysterio blood and money, you know?
2: Thankful for my bus pass, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know? He didn't need two of them because he didn't get knocked out in a fight.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
12: oh god (laughs) that was great i know
1: right anyway i'm linking you i don't even know why i'm bringing up these stories i'm just fluffing the show at this point what am i doing what are you doing rick you're fluffing a show that doesn't need fluffing you're two hours in why are you fluffing a show
2: look everybody needs two hours of fluff right some people out there need two hours of fluff you know who you are
1: Oh man, yeah, you do. You do know who you are.
2: Hey, it's been entertaining, all right. It's been entertaining fluff.
1: Yeah, there you go. But now let's get back to business, all right? So, weeklies. Time for the weeklies. Weeklies. Oh, should we end off with the weeklies since since we have uh since, since we're doing the poll at the end or or what?
2: Actually, you know what? It would transition
1: nicer. It would, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let so let's start off with uh, will we do it different? I guess we start with SmackDown and stuff, and and Ring of Honor and all that shit. And then we yeah, end yeah, off with go the go with the Wednesday Night Wars. That'll make more sense for the way that we're going into the the pay per view. Yeah. R- Ring of Honor, I'm just going to do a lot of result reading because I'm not here spot calling, not doing that shit. But uh, catching you guys up on Ring of Honor, we got the November 6th was where we last left off. We had Dak Draper versus Brian Johnson with Dak Draper going over. Right. Uh, I don't really have much to say about the match. I don't know too much about either one of these guys. What about you?
2: Yeah. Uh, these are a lot of. I don't know this tells us we've been away from ROH for too long because I was like, when did these guys show up? Good match, but I was like, "Holy crap! I, I've been gone too long."
1: Yeah, yeah, they definitely have some up and coming talent. I think one of them was a the top prospect, right?
2: Yeah, I can't remember what specifically which one it is, but I remember one from the
1: top prospect. The next match was uh Brody King versus Dalton Castle, with the finish being Brody King going over.
2: Yeah, I know. Right before I kind of tuned out our ROH for a while, Brody was one of the guys. I think he was in um Marty Stable, I believe, right?
1: Yeah, and he also, he has, like, a ridiculous size to him, you know, like, even fighting, watching him with Dalton Castle, like, the size advantage was a bit ridiculous, you know, but that.
2: Brody King's, like, that kind of big where you feel small from a distance.
1: Yeah, and it's unfortunate that somebody like Dalton Castle apparently has fallen from grace, you know, where it's like he went from being Ring of Honor champion to someone yeah, he doesn't really win too many matches, and he's not really featured in too many things. What happened with the boys? They don't use the boys anymore, either?
2: I haven't seen the boys in a while. Maybe yeah, it could be weird. a
1: pandemic-related thing. The boys just haven't
2: been able to come back.
1: Yeah, that's something else. Uh, that's pretty much it for that episode. We had the two matches. Remember, keep in mind, fellas, Ring of Honor is 45 to 50 minutes. Uh, next, we have the Ring of Honor, November 13th episode, which was... Uh, it, it opens with Amy Rose and, and uh, I guess, Los Ingobernables de RH. Uh, basically <laughs> sending a message that they're going to be back, you know. Don't mess with those in I, I love how
2: every, every time there's a group that big, you always Los Ingobernables.
1: They're called Los Ingobernables, though. Aren't they? Yeah, I think they are. That's they're right. called something else Los Ingobernables, though. Somebody in the oh, town, remember their full name, please? It has Los Ingobernables in it. Oh, my God. You know what I'm talking about, right?
2: I think I, I remember you talk, when you say A.V. Rose, I think I remember what you're talking about now. Oh, God.
1: I completely forgot that's
2: what they were called. Holy shit.
1: Yeah, do I have that episode around here somewhere? I believe I do. That was the November thirteenth, right?
2: Yeah, you said November thirteenth.
1: Okay, right in the beginning. I'll show it for for you guys. See, that's why it's good for us to always have our shit in in tune with this kind of stuff. Just give me a minute to uh search it real quick, so I could show you what I'm talking about. It's almost right in the beginning, so I could get to it.
0: Game, just a smidgen. And here we go. Ha pasado mucho tiempo. It's been a long time. The world has changed. Although we've been gone, we shouldn't be forgotten. I'm here to remind you of the most dominant team
1: in all of Ring of Honor,
0: the faction
1: ingobernable, Kenny King, el rey,
0: Dragon Lee, campeón de la televisión, el ingronable mayor, el toro blanco. El campeón mundial de Ring of Honor, Rush, y yo, la diva, Amy Rose, solo espera que veas lo que yo ha preparado. Cuando regresamos, todo el Ring of Honor será nuestro. Dominación total. <laughs> Tranquilo, no pasa nada.
2: Yeah. so that's what this this team must have formed when I'd already kind of tuned out ROH. That's probably why I don't remember. But yeah, I, I remember hearing something about uh Kenny King and Dragon Lee had been doing a thing together.
1: Yeah, well Rouge is the champion and he's the leader of that stable. I'm guessing right? He's the Ring of Honor World Champion. Yeah, God, I forgot Rouge was still champion. Holy shit! Yeah, so there's something that that's uh interesting. So they brought that on um, that's before the show even started there. Uh, so you have the Briscoes versus uh. The, the sos guys that are from shane taylor productions these two dudes that are part of his stable there and uh the briscoes go over with the froggy bow now i want to say this the ec3 this ec3 character is terrible and i've i liked him when he was Derek bateman but oh my god his mic his mic work is garbage the character doesn't work i need you guys that to this listen. vibe
2: doesn't fit for him
1: yeah, I need you guys to listen to how this fucking guy sounds during some of this.
14: you get a better look at SOS, I am here in Ring of Honor for one reason and that is to find if honor is real. I have yet to see anything honorable about said Ring of Honor, and as you sit here on this propaganda commentary table, diatribing the past, I only live in the now, and I live for what's future.
9: Well, the, the code of honor that's honorable. You see, three the code of honor <laughs> adhere <laughs> to. And <there's> a... Yo,
14: get a better look at the They didn't
1: know what the fuck to do. Listen to, to get oh, we look- a...
14: oh my god, well, dive the for a drop. I only live in the now, listen to the and I live for what's future. You can
4: hear crickets.
14: Door, huh?
9: Well, the, the code of honor, that's honorable, EC3. The code of honor <laughs> adhered to. There's the a handshake fuck? before every match, after every match. This is great sportsmanship. Just, I, I, I don't see what's dishonorable
6: about this. Ready. It just shorts nothing up.
1: And he gets worse. Hey, the longer watch, he's out watch there, watch.
6: I wish you could,
1: could just clip the parts of him. The hard
6: hitter off. of SOS.
9: Right. Right. Significant weight advantage. Moses, the biggest of the four competitors here. But don't let Moses fool you, man. This guy has a jump rope regimen. <laughs> this guy's amazing. Yeah, we found out this man has. Every time EC3 talks, he
1: stinks up the commentary. Each
9: man tipping the scales near 300 pounds. Side headlock here.
14: Every man in this ring is talented. Every man in this ring is athletic. Every man in this ring has ability. But do they have honor? Do they have the proverbial honor I search for? It. I to see it. Nice
9: drop. Wrestling here, leap Frog, and a short wow. tackle sends Jay Briscoe down.
7: Now think about this: how many times do you see the guy standing still, knock
1: a running see, it's guy like he a down. Wow. Now he gets. Off it's off like back to talking about regular expect. commentary.
9: Yeah, we don't see Moses off his feet too often. It takes a lot to get a man that big. Mark Briscoe in, second row on the inside, drop kick.
7: Now he's down. Cutting off
1: the ring. Oh, and it's too much time
7: on Briscoe's
9: this action here. But.
7: Uh, it keeps Rick happening. some things that don't get old,
9: and
14: that's tag team wrestling cutting off the ring. The briscos are savage. They yeah. are vicious. They are violent. They are relentless. That has my respect. Does it have honor, though? I do not know. How do you define honor? It's undefinable.
1: Yes, it it is definable. As a matter of fact, you can find it in the fucking dictionary.
9: See, I love this here. Google honor. The the end of the five count here. You see what I mean? Like,
1: it's just, he's just weird, man. What the fuck is he talking about? He's talking about undefinable honor. It is undefinable.
2: Get the fuck out of here. I can find it in the dictionary right now.
1: I expected him at any moment to just be like, I am the terror that flaps in the night. I'm fucking Batman.
2: (laughs) That motherfucker was one step away from I'm Batman.
1: And, like, at the end of the match, they do this thing where he's, like, just awkwardly standing at the top of the ramp. The briscoes go over, and then post-celebration, he's just there, and it's just fucking weird, dude. Like, if they're trying to weird us out, they're doing a really good job at it, but it's not putting him over it's not making him a heel it's just making him awkward and weird look at this shit here i'm gonna show you hold on i'm trying to get the spot just so you can see how fucking weird this is see right here there you go look at me just fucking standing like this part of his new weird gimmick
4: why are you worried about it No problem is there a problem man check check Yo. well I'm, I'm just trying to wonder what's, what's he doing who cares man it looks like he lost come on man don't worry about it <laughs> what the fuck is going
1: on with this like come on ec3 man i'm really disappointed i was looking forward to see what he was gonna do on iron this sucks i'm sorry to pass judgment here but this fucking sucks man you know what do you think it's
2: like you know it's bad when it looked more impressive in impact but then again he didn't just stand there in impact
1: but like we know the character ec3 you know what i mean maybe i have to yeah. see his impact run to understand this but but this is See, the first time I'm seeing he, this, and this fucking stinks. He, the mic was, performance sucks. He, he doesn't know how to use big this. words. That's the big thing. He doesn't know how to use the big words. He's trying to like it. Fucking sucks, man. If this is what he was doing in Impact, they should have funneled it there.
2: And it's like it was it, at least from my point of view, it looked better
1: there. Just be ec three the the regular character that you got over like that's yeah. This is this is really awkward, man. Especially when Impact's not watched by a lot of people to carry that shit over here and just show up like that. So that's not gonna work here, dude. Coming out here with that weird shit? Man, and I'm, and I'm, I'm a big EC3 supporter. This is the first time I see him in a row where I'm like, yeah, what a waste. I would just take the regular EC3 character that worked for all those years, Dixie Carter's fucking nephew that got over and was champion 90% of the time. You know, this other shit is completely weird, you know? It doesn't work. Not at all. Terrible. Undefinable honor. Undefinable gimmick. That's what I say.
2: Writing it down too.
1: You know, Kenny King against Shane Taylor with Taylor going over. Um, I did like the history of Shane Taylor here where he talks about like, uh, just his upbringing, like, you know, the different people who he's befriended down the road. He talks about his, uh, interactions with, uh, Keith Lee, you know, and things like that. And, uh, I just thought that that was really cool that you get to forget that pairing, you know, like when you hear his whole backstory, uh, because Shane Taylor, he does have like a bit of an interesting backstory.
12: I do having my house shot up every other day because my dad and my uncles wanted to fight the drug dealers on the corner. Uh, so growing up in that environment, you take a different approach to life. You take a different approach to the way you see the world. You have a different perspective. So wrestling for me was a lifesaver. It allowed me somewhere to be, somewhere to go. It allowed me to have that focus and have a have a goal. And one of the guys, one of the main reasons that I'm even in Ring of Honor is because of another guy that is from Cleveland as well by the name of Ray Rowe. When I got started in 2007, trained by Ray, uh, came up together in Cleveland. A lot of the things that we shouldn't have been doing, we were doing together. His path took him to Ring of Honor. I was right there behind him. He was able to get me in front of the right people And now here I am stepping into Ring of Honor. I started off as a tag team with a good friend of mine named Keith Lee. We made a tag team called the Pretty Boy Killers. The reasoning for the name was to be able to show people in professional wrestling that no matter what they thought a star was, you could have guys like ourselves who look different, who walk different, who talk different, who were different. Things happened the way they did. Keith decided to leave, and that put me in a position where I had to figure out what I had to do next. And my job was to find out how to be a star with or without him. Thankfully, I got brought into to the mix with a group called The Rebellion, with Kenny King, Caprice Coleman, and Rhett Titus. The Rebellion was incredible for me. The message that we were sending then is exactly the same one that I'm sending now. And a lot of the success that I have now was directly correlated to my time in The Rebellion. There comes a time when you really have to decide where you're going to be in history. My legacy is dependent upon me beating Kenny King.
1: So, yeah, I thought, like I said, I thought excellent backstory for this guy, his history with different people with Raymond yeah. Rowe, with you know, Keith Lee
2: Dude uh, came a long way.
1: Yeah. And I remember when he was, he was tag teaming with Keith Lee.
2: Oh my God. I remember the wars they had with war machine back then.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting. You know, I really liked this. I thought it was really solid stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a funny Pulse interview here. Let me see if I can find it for you. Oh, uh, God. Since I'm, since I'm in the uh, the video anyway. Uh, it's so hard to find these things when I'm going across the entire thing. Damn it. Oh,
2: <laughs> well, you're looking for that. I mean, I think uh, ROH actually uploaded on their YouTube that uh I think it might have been that last match that they had with War Machine. It was basically that no disqualification fight all over the building. And I remember seeing how big these two were. And I was just like, okay, this could this could last a cup of coffee. And it's like, look at the both of them now. Like, I think I know Shane Taylor, a former TV champion. Dude's probably in the best shape I've seen him in a long time. But yeah, couldn't be more happy for the guy. All the success in the world has been much deserved for him.
1: So. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Like, the guy's an absolutely incredible wrestler. His gimmick works so well. Everything he does fits perfectly. And I mean, the guy can go in the Ring uh yeah, you never know. The ROH World Championship might just be in his yeah. near future. It'd be much deserved to get hmm
1: Yeah, but um, yeah, he's in much better shape than I remember him being in. You know, oh
2: yeah, he used to be rough looking shape, but now he looks amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. So that brings us to Ring around on November twentieth, which has EC three versus Jay Briscoe. With the finish being Jay Briscoe loses his cool. He winds up getting DQ'd. He doesn't. I believe he doesn't release a hold or rope break or something and this caused ec3 to win and it's sort of like doing the storyline of ec3s getting in jay briscoe's head and everything um at one point when they're doing the all the king's horses and all the king's men gimmick where they're trying to hold the guys back ec3 pulls a rollins literally like he drops to his knees and he does the for the greater good pose, like literally he drops and uh freaking jay attacks Kill him but then they pull him off of him it's crazy um but yeah this was the clip that, that, that i was looking for what i actually thought was hilarious
12: here Mind. You've been oh, with okay. Ring of Honor for so long, so shouldn't you, out of everybody,
0: uphold what Ring of Honor is built on? I think the question on everyone's mind is why not uphold the Code of Honor? Why, why force the non finish in that? Like, why?
14: Cause f- him. That's why. Damn <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, if
7: that couldn't be the title.
1: Cause him, <laughs> that's that's the best why. Jay Briscoe interview ever. Cause fuck him. That's why. I. I- Ask you for
2: paid things, but damn it, clip that shit. We need that to be a button. That was his whole fucking interview, and he just walks off and <laughs> cause, cause fuck him. You, and it's even funnier with the bleep. That's what makes that even. Funny. Why would you do that? Because fuck him. That's why.
1: Oh man. So funny. <laughs> so funny.
2: Isn't it crazy to think that like how long was Ring of Honor been around? Almost 20 years now? and the briscoes are still there they're still
1: a staple of the company my favorite
2: and i love it like they're not like oh that old tag team they're just hanging around like these guys are in the mix all the time i've, I've started to feel like if you're a tag team and you go through ring of honor at some point you have to pass cross path to the briscoes it's like yeah. a rite of passage almost
1: mm-hmm. definitely so uh the next match was Jay Lethal versus LSJ, with the match going 15 minutes to the judges and then favoring for Jay Lethal. Your
2: pure rules, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. And that pretty much brings you very close to up-to-date to Ring of Honor. I don't cover the one that comes out on Mondays because it's Monday. I like to give people a little chance to watch it and stuff. Uh, so what else do we have here? I want to make sure we go over everything weekly related. I guess that brings us to SmackDown and Raw. Is that it?
2: Yeah, Transition
1: over to SmackDown and Raw. SmackDown and Raw. All right. So, uh, SmackDown, you had a... Who would have thought it actually came up? Stasis called it. Roman Reigns is not happy that Jay helped him at Survivor Series. You know? Yeah, they keep
2: saying uh, he doesn't need charity, he doesn't need handouts.
1: He's the head of the table, not some bitch begging for Thanksgiving leftovers. Right.
2: Which side note, WWE, y'all missed out on a great opportunity because do you know how well a head of the table shirt would have sold on Thanksgiving week?
1: Hashtag no leftovers. <laughs> yeah. And then speaking of no leftovers, Jay took that shit literally because he beat the fuck out of Otis. Dude, he you beat know. the holy
2: fuck out of Otis.
1: Some really bad chair shots in that whipping, too, right?
2: Like, he looked, Otis, okay. Look like he took a couple of those to like that elbow and stuff. Like,.
1: He laid down the land of the law. Let me see. Can I even find these? I'm getting clip friendly here, but some of this shit is interesting enough to find just because it was so brutal. Yeah, some of these were rough. Hold on.
5: So Otis looks to
6: change his luck here.
9: Oh my lord! From behind with a chair. Jay
10: Uso.
2: Another going buck wow. This is a Get stiff in shots. there. <laughs>
5: You,
1: you, he goes more chair
5: crazy
1: keeps going You get the idea He fucks him up with the chair He beat the shit out of him Don't ever lose a Survivor Series again Win them all That motherfucker will be a sole survivor for the rest of his
5: life
2: eh?
1: Yeah so Street Profits have a match against Rudin Ziggler they actually make fun of Ziggler calling him HBK Making fun of the fact that he steals all of HBK stuff Which he does I do not know why you would have Rude and Ziggler go over the tag champs That just went over the New Day on the opposite short Survivor Series But they did
2: And I love how Robert Root has just lost his identity Now he's wearing the freaking Ziggler jacket mm. Not even coming out with his own music anymore He's just mm. there Like he's not even the glorious Bobby Root He's Bobby Ziggler
1: Yeah he really is Like, like
2: what happened to the former NXT champion right now Like what
1: Yeah so just like that, raise eyes back to normal again because Seth's gone. That's how it works. It's magic. And, uh, I
2: love how I <laughs> I saw this thing on Facebook and it was like good to know all that Mysterio money he could afford a glass eye.
1: Yeah, it just got fixed. He got one from Rocket Raccoon. So you need fix <laughs> everything. You know, and uh, yeah, just like that, everything's back to normal. We're hearing reports that they're going to be having Corbin fill the role of Rollins while Rollins is gone. So that'll be the heel for that little stable. Uh, Daniel Bryan has a match against Sami Zayn uh, Michael Cole Really needs to stop this very common Mistake he makes, Sami Zayn did not continue To work on the left arm of Sami Zayn Don't do that anymore, I'm tired of it I'm too old for that shit, stop it It's been for years, I don't know how you do that But you do it a lot, don't fucking do it anymore
2: <laughs> I'm so glad that the only one that heard that shit Because I looked up like, wait, what the fuck
1: Don't do that shit anymore Jesus Christ It's two <laughs> hours Someone You know we, we go two hours Zayn. Without doing that Zane hits Holy a nasty shoot. Brain buster On Daniel Bryan On the apron Not on the turnbuckle They wouldn't take me up On that one But no, at least but they put they him On the apron. The, best thing, the apron They gave me the apron Gave me the apron Sami Zayn And Big E Have quite A moment together That was
2: fun. <laughs> I love this shit. One gust of wind
1: Yeah that's, I'm gonna go a little bit Further back So you can hear
4: you built yourself quite the house, but the problem is your house is rickety. You
10: got no foundation, <laughs> I'm talking uh, count outs, loose turnbuckles, <laughs> vertigo. Funny. I'll be with the vertigo is not funny, it's a medical okay, condition. Yeah. Your margin for error is razor thin. I know that, but you know that.
4: And your house
10: is more of a, a house of cards, cuz all it takes there's one flick. One gust of wind. You
8: mind? it all comes tumbling down. <laughs> you know, uh, E, I got to say I'm a little disappointed. I really thought you were different from the right. You're just like everybody else. Trying to diminish me. Try- I'm out here beating people in 10 seconds. And instead of, instead of showing me the respect <laughs> I deserve, if I'm being honest, it comes off a little bit like sour grapes. Yeah, a little bitter. Because I'm here in the middle of a historic... Legendary Intercontinental Championship reign. And the last time you held the Intercontinental Championship was uh, <laughs> many, many, many moons ago in a reign that was largely forgettable. Ouch. So instead of being so bitter and trying to cut me down, in all honesty, you should do the right thing. You should be applauding me. You should honestly be applauding me. You really should. <laughs> you know what? you're
10: right yeah and 10 seconds thank that is much. impressive That's that Please. so hard thank put you put it there i appreciate that's that. that's a one
5: oh, 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 oh. a two
10: oh, oh. a three
1: <laughs> four well, my, my favorite number five
10: you remember the five count Ten. ten oh. that is a long time i'm so proud of you
12: sammy
5: no, leave new- me alone!
12: <laughs> <laughs> Another. Uh, That's
7: great. That is amazing. Sammy, are we still doing? No, leave me alone.
2: Oh god, that that was my highlight. That was my fucking highlight. Yeah.
1: Uh, Kevin Owens, he did use a nice. What was that? It was like a package shoulder breaker style move on Jay Uso? There. That's what oh, it looked gosh. like. Yeah. So, uh,
2: Wait, actually, yeah, I've seen him do that move only a handful of times. It's been a minute since I've seen him do it, but.
1: Yeah, but at the end of that, man, freaking Owens, the, the devil came out on Owens and he beat the fuck out of that kid. Well, he got in his shit. Eep. Yeah, boy. It looks like it. Well, I don't is,
9: think you need to wonder, Cole. I think it's pretty evident. Roman Reigns is picked off. And now Kevin Owens again turning his attack yeah. to so sending over the announce table. Oh!
1: Yeah. Be careful who now you piss Kevin off. Owens. You're still Jey Uso. He's still Kevin Owens.
10: Oh, no, 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 no. Who is oh. full of rage. Kevin now just
9: rearranging furniture. And now it's always with a chair.
5: Lip him out, out, boy.
9: For Kevin Owens. Are you, you watching, Roman? Me? Are you watching?
14: Because huh? I've been watching you. Oh. This is your family. Where are you? Oh. This is happening to your family. Hey. Because of you! You want people to fear you!
10: I fear no one! Damn. Oh. Oh. Well, these ones are nasty. nasty.
8: Jesus oh. fucked him up.
10: Including you.
2: You
1: oh. well, got a nasty old right right one. That's the most vicious one you've seen in a while in this company. And they come pull him and look in the background and look at him. He's like, oh. Oh, no. no, on.
14: Come on. Come on, Roman, you got a problem with me? Come say it to my face.
5: Come on, Roman.
14: I was okay. Come
10: on, Roman. Come find me. Come find me. I'm the head
5: of this table.
1: <laughs> Technically, he is.
5: <laughs> I mean,
1: he's the head of that table. Come on, Roman!
10: Oh. All for your family!
5: Oh!
1: <laughs> Rough. Brutal stuff right there. I like this part. He sits at the head of the table. Yeah, hey.
10: Where are you, huh?
0: I'll be waiting.
1: You didn't come out there to save your family. <laughs> What
2: happened? (laughs) What happened?
1: Yeah. Smackdown did 1.987 million viewers. The first hour being 2.16 million. And the second one being 1.957 million. They did a .55 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Not bad, Smackdown. Not bad. We're very proud of you over here. Mm -hmm. Good check. Apparently, after this happened, in the following Talking Smack, there was a confrontation between Kevin Owens and Paul Heyman.
2: Yeah, I've been hearing about this all over the place.
1: Oh, yeah? So let's see what the hell this was.
13: I have a lot of respect for you. I want you to understand that. And sometimes Roman Reigns doesn't have a lot of respect until people prove it to him. But I want you to know I understand how dangerous you are. I want you to know I understand you a lot better than most people understand you or I was a fan of yours before you came to WWE when everybody else used to like to knock you for how you handled your business, for your ideas, because they were too radical, too progressive. And here's a politically incorrect word: too violent. I've always liked that about you. I like the fact that you're untrustworthy. I admire that truth. I like the fact that people behind your back say you're a scumbag. I like the fact that you can't be trusted with any tag team partner, and I like the fact that you are at, if you don't mind my breaking away, sir, that you're at the crossroads of your career, because you are, and you know it, and it's your time to pivot. Now, you can go this way, which a lot of people, far too many, like to go. You can coast along. You can cruise at the semi-main event level or you can do something like watching The Undertaker's retirement on Sunday and be motivated and inspired by it. And you can say, I want that to be me. I want my reputation to live a hundred years from now. I want to be a multi-time WrestleMania main eventer. I want to be a legend above all legends an icon above all icons. And the way to do that, and this is where it's interesting for me, is that Roman Reigns' expense a champion is only as great as the challengers that he puts down. Nobody else around here may realize that you are the number one contender really fast, but I do because I know.
1: Don't worry, there's a part two.
13: Uh, right.
1: <laughs> the angel <laughs> will leave you a dry like that.
13: Really fast, but I do because I know how twisted that brain is. And you're looking at an opportunity here to get to Roman Reigns and solidify your legacy. And the title, great. But if you knock Roman Reigns off his perch, you've established your legacy. That's the trajectory that you're looking at. This is going to be a fight. I look forward to it.
14: Are you done?
13: Apparently so.
14: You seem to relish... And the fact that I'm sitting here in front of you tonight, after what I did on SmackDown last night, you seem to relish the fact that I'm sitting here in front of you today. Almost like you think this is somehow gonna be good for Roman Reigns because Paul, as much as I respect you, as much as I admire you, as much as I've looked up to you for many years, I know you really only work for one person. And it's not Roman Reigns. It's you. If you think me getting involved in this, whatever you want to call it, this thing you've got with Roman Reigns is going to be somehow a positive for him, because you just said it, right? A champion is only as good as the contenders he puts down. Let me just tell you this, because everything else you said is absolutely true. Just know this. It's not going to be good for Roman or you, because once Roman Reigns finds his balls again and stops having his cousin try to do his dirty work, I'll be there.
2: Dun, dun, dun. Well, that's going
1: to be a joyous fight.
2: It's going to be funny how the roles are going to be reversed, because now you have Owens as the face challenger and Roman as the heel champion.
1: I like Owens better as a face. I said the same shit in Ring of Honor and nobody was believing me. Everybody didn't understand.
2: Yeah. He could pull off both, but when he's a face, there's a level of connection that's there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I love how this is probably become my favorite thing about Paul Heyman. He shoot puts people over in work promos.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he really I've does. I've seen him
2: do it a thousand times. And whenever he does it, you know he genuinely, like, that's like,
1: shoot. Yeah, and work but then he works that's... it
2: right back into the work.
1: Yeah, and then working with someone as talented as Owens. You, you, this is really good. SmackDown's good, man. You know what yeah, I mean? SmackDown's like when like, great. I, I like all of SmackDown. I have no complaints. Everything is SmackDown except for Ziggler and Rude. Right.
2: We don't yeah. talk about them. Yeah. So, somebody changed the channel to main event for some reason. when are happened. I don't know what happened.
1: hmm So uh, now we switch over to Raw that last week brought in one point eight eighty-one million viewers with our 1.78 uh, million overnight average. Uh, so tonight opened with the uh randy orton alexa bliss what was the moment of bliss thing yep and she had orton on it for an interview and of course the fiend uh not really the fiend but like you know the lights turn out and his music hits and when it turns back on they're gone and aj's there and winds up hitting orton with the phenomenal forearm or some shit i guess or well, actually, that was that, be, was that was know, the that was fiend. the flashback rather of uh yeah, yeah. that led to fiend this interview this time he does show up and then orton that's right so orton uh when the lights come back on is holding bliss uh and the fiend kind of asks for her back and he hands her over and then he slips out like haha i got away
2: yeah some people are calling this like showing i guess like a moment of weakness in the fiend and it's like
1: yeah it was a moment of bliss you stupid (laughs) we have the symphony of destruction match between uh jeff hardy and uh elias which, Elias
2: um, has brought out his new music, which is his song, Amen. So.
1: Good. that's I like that song. Very, I like very, it. Very cool entrance. Um, have you gotten of, to
2: hear some of the stuff from this
1: album? Uh, yeah, I've heard it briefly. It sounds good. Really but good. I'm, I'm glad because that, that intermittent song that he had between his the, the, the first song he had and the other thing was bad. But this was cool. This was the first time hearing it. He came out, sounded really good. Um, this is definitely a main event or sound. Whether or not they're going to use it that way is subjective. Right. In the middle of this Symphony of Destruction match, though, you have R-Truth, who's hiding in the piano. And then uh, he pops out of that and then somehow Gulak and them are back and they have literally like a little intermission twenty four seven amidst this bullshit. Once that's over with, Elias, was that a fucking tomahawk that he had or something? He swings something at our truth. I mean not at our truth, at uh Freaking Jeff Hardy Hardy dodges out the way and he winds up hitting a speaker and he gets electrocuted. Like literally, like he, he has an axe or a tomahawk or something. And Jeff dodges oh, and he hits the speaker like and it sparks and Elias is literally shaking at his sparking And like he's recovering from that. This is like really fucking crazy. Uh irresponsible, stupid spot of the of the week goes to Jeff Hardy, who swantons through a table on the outside and falls backwards. On the back of his fucking head and hits the corner the of the steel steps. steps. This company, oh. I don't know if it's Jeff Hardy or this company, whoever it is, the disregard for safety at this point completely insults me as a wrestling fan. Everybody needs, and I'm not just talking WWE, everybody needs to fucking have a meeting or just reboot, time out for a minute here and re fucking assess the safety measures that are being taken. Okay? This is, that, that was ridiculous. That is not a fucking spot That should have been done that way Someone should have fucking calculated that I actually got upset Watching this But I'm gonna run this here So you guys can fucking see This to me pisses me off More than anything So this is the swanton Do you see the fucking way that he landed?
2: Yo that was Do you fucking old.
1: see The way he landed? Like am I fucking dreaming? Are you kidding me? Oh
2: I don't care if it's, it's like, has the
1: pandemic made everyone like more stupid?
2: I don't care if it's somebody pitched that as the finish or somebody allowed it to happen. Wh- whoever, whoever's, whoever's, they're signing off on these spots, fire them up.
1: They need to, there, there needs to be some sort of a restructuring here. Seriously, this is clearly whoever's in Gorilla is not like they this is not working. Okay, this is like not fucking like, like,
2: It's like I said, I I don't care if Jeff came up with that spot, don't clear that shit. And if you didn't and if Jeff didn't come up with that spot, you know Jeff's not gonna say no. Don't suggest that shit.
1: There's just not this this company is, is is literally it's practically on autopilot, you know what I mean? You're gonna entertain people to what extent? You know, what if somebody dies in a fucking ring because of this again? Unbelievable, man.
2: But of course this only happens on Raw.
1: <sighs> Can't even I'm gonna we're gonna talk more about I'm sure it's gonna come up more. We can talk about that shit next week. I don't even know if he's okay or not. You know, I haven't heard anything yet. So. Slapjack goes over ricochet with help from all of retribution. Careful with that swinging neckbreaker, Slapjack. Laying that thing in a little bit rough. Uh, Dana Brooke comes out during this slapping Mustafa, apparently looking for me. him. Uh, what else happens in this? Miz and Morrison shit all over Sheamus and call his career a joke. And then Miz takes out Sheamus with the Money in the Bank briefcase when the two of them double team him. Sheamus is an insta babyface. They literally write this year week to week. It's like everyone who's like is a different role every week. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Nia Jax and Shayna have a match against Asuka and Lana, which Lana winds up going over because I would so ultimately winds up having a Shayna has Lana and the Kirifuda clutch. And then Asuka slides in after being pulled off of the ropes from Naya and she uh, slides in with a kick kicking Shayna and then Lana winds up just pinning her when she's out from the kick so they both escape again Lana once again going over
2: Lana once again pinning Shayna as well because they made that a point in the little pre-match interview
1: yeah it was a foreshadow she said that you know it's one thing to get pinned by by Asuka but it's another thing to get pinned by Lana and then she winds up getting pinned by Lana uh, New they show up and they're celebrating Xavier Woods A.K. Austin Creek G4 host announcement when the Hurt Business comes and- out to spoil the fun go ahead
2: I I do like that, like, they gave Austin the chance to have, like, a real thank you to everybody who's been supporting him.
1: Yes. This leaves him having a match against Cedric Alexander. Uh, I don't even remember what the fuck happened here.
2: Uh, basically, it was a, he actually went over with a flash lumbar check for the win.
1: Yeah, still don't remember.
2: But then, but well, take well, what was it. interesting about it was that <laughs> the fact that he just, he went up the ramp and just left the rest of the hurt business behind.
1: Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Are they already breaking up the stable?
2: It seems like they're already alluding to it because why keep the stables together?
1: Holy shit, that's fast. I hope you're wrong.
2: You know what the sad part about it is? I'd like the whole I'd hope I was if it was another company.
1: What a fucking schizophrenic company, right?
2: I got the freaking best thing I've seen Cedric Alexander do in months. And they're like, nah, kill
1: it. That is so weird, right? You know how hard they've tried to put that shit together?
2: Ooh, the writers or the wrestlers? Everybody. Clearly clearly somebody's trying harder than the other. I didn't know the writers tried.
1: It's like every time they get something together, it's just in time for them to break it, right?
2: And people wonder why I don't get excited about presentations and all this other kind of shit.
1: They don't need that, though. You know what I mean? Like, they don't need any, any breakups right now. The world has enough controversy and conflict. You don't need it. You don't need to keep milking it like that, you know? What a toxic but what fucking else company! What are we supposed to do? Keep them together? I don't know. Just write storylines, man. You know, take the pen and just fucking write storylines. There's things that have, you know what I mean. Think about the things that we've had in pop culture that have gone on decades without that level of fucking conflict. When was the last time The Simpsons had a fucking heel turn? And it's been like twenty years, and somehow people managed to retain interest without expecting anyone to be killed or turn bad. You know. There's tons of fucking things that follow formulas that don't necessarily each time need to always swerve and have a twist every single week, week in and week out. I'm not saying that it's not good to have every now and then, but when you do it all the time, you're desensitized to it. Fuck.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't remember where I was. What was, was that next? Oh yeah. So then we, we had. We, yeah, uh, it was. So then we had uh, Keith Lee against Matt Riddle. Workhorse match of the night, obviously. Yeah, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and
2: AJ. Because it was and a three-way dance. To design, uh, which I don't know why they felt the need to call this a sudden death triple threat. All triple threats are sudden death.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The def- the Jeff Hardy to me was almost a sudden death.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, more so than this match.
2: Yeah, the winner uh, faces Drew McIntyre at um, TLC because a little bit of backstory, the whole Braun Strowman thing. It was because uh, Braun's hurt right now. I believe it's a, a knee injury. They were going to see what happened and then, and if he was uh, going to be ready in time, they were going to basically work him back on the storyline. Because last week he headbutted Adam Peters and got suspended. That was giving the time off. But um news broke earlier today: Braun will not be ready in time for TLC. So they base this was basically them going for Plan B.
1: Yeah, even though we don't even know what the injury is or whatever,
2: it's something with his knee. From my am here. So who goes over here again? AJ goes over with a phenomenal forearm because Riddle hits Lee with two Final Flash knees. But on the second one, after Lee collapses, AJ comes over Lee with a phenomenal forearm. Gotcha. Yes, we get AJ versus Drew McIntyre at TLC
1: pay-per-view filler. Sweet. (laughs) Looking forward to it. Uh, Mia Yim gets her her mask knocked off by Dana in a match, and then she gets screamed at at Ali for jobbing. It's kind of like you, you recruited Dana Brooke and then you I mean, you recruited me AM, and then you had Dana Brooke fucking jobbing. Like, like, job out to Dana Brooke of all people. Someone and who I'm never wins a so match. Funny. Someone the who Denver never line. wins a match.
2: What's so funny about this whole thing is, I think Ali said something along the lines of like, there's no losing in Retribution. You fuckers have lost one, like two matches out of ten. That's all you do is lose. There's no winning in Retribution.
1: Yeah, what is he talking about? See
2: what I'm saying? This thing is dead in the water. Take us behind the barn and shoot it now. Mia Yim lost her first match on Monday Night Raw to Dana
1: Brooke. Unbelievable.
2: The horse is dead. Shoot it.
1: Yeah, really. So what else do we have? What else was the rest of this? Let's wrap up so we can get to the damn Wednesday Night Wars, please.
2: At the end of it, it was basically they had Drew and Sheamus versus uh, Miz and Morrison. AJ interfered. They were gonna have it like Miz, the only person I've ever seen who's like, "Are you sure you should cash in?" But uh, yeah, that failed miserably because it's stupid. When AJ's
1: clearly going to help Miz cash it in, and the Miz is getting mad at him as if somehow the rules don't apply, and because AJ's the one who hands it in, it'll be AJ's cash in. It's like the Miz—it's just such a stupid storyline to do. I
2: love how how freaking Morrison the Marquee is talking about some. That sounds like that could could be a good idea. No shit.
1: AJ, I did like AJ getting carried away to safety by uh, what's his name? Omi, I believe it is. Yeah, like, uh, he stepped away, and then he just kind of got carried away, like, let me at him, let me at him, I'll tear him apart, and while the guy's carrying away and shit, you know, and he goes, he rescued you from me, as he gets carried away and stuff, and (laughs) And then, uh... if
2: this hasn't proven the fact that Miz has basically become a jobber at this point now, AJ wanted Miz to cash in so he'd have an easier point.
1: Yeah, and then, uh, McIntyre says he doesn't give a damn about Jackass and the Beanstalk.
2: That was fucking great.
1: yeah, you know what, Raw wasn't that bad either. I can't really hold mm. much against Raw. There was stupidity here and there, but overall, my impressions of Raw weren't bad. I can't. Give it, this it, it a wasn't bad terrible.
2: Rating. I, I could have just done with Jeff not dying and drinking Retribution just staying on main event where they belong. But.
1: Right. All right, fellas, that brings us to our final stop, which is the Wednesday Night Wars: AEW Dynamite versus NXT. Uh, me. With, mm-hmm. with AEW Dynamite, we had Adam Page against John Silver. With uh, Adam Page going over, and afterwards, Evil Uno tries to recruit Hangman, and he tells him that his friends are all here for him. Which is kind of foreshadowing. What are we gonna have, Hangman in the fucking Dark Order? Really, with these? Groups? Well,
2: they've been trying. They try to recruit people off and on, so it's kind of.
1: Yeah, stop it, please. Who wants to be part of this damn. They're like cartoon characters. they they're so unintimidating at this point, you know.
2: Yeah. Especially good old Yantra with your fucking Johnny
1: Hongi. Yo, they're about as fucking intimidating as the Knights Me. Nee. <laughs> they're
2: about as intimidating as Nate Robinson.
4: We, you must get us a shrubbery. <laughs> <laughs> the Knights nee. Oh, shit.
1: It is unbelievable. Uh, you get an interview with The Cleaner where he talks about the more things change, the more they stay the same. It's essentially a heel promo where he says he wants the AEW championship um and then he talks about moxley's promo with uh about his dad and he says my dad would probably beat the shit out of your dad
13: oh my god Them the fighting
2: words all right you-
1: <laughs> yeah you get some darby allen black and white shit he's blowing up a car or something you know how they do these darby allen black and white they have to pay attention to those you get will hobbs against some jobber right
2: yeah lee johnson
1: Lee Johnson, there you gave him a name, good. Now that he's now that he's a heel, he makes weird Will Hobbs faces. Like he has to look like all evil and make these strange faces.
2: You know what it is? It it's like the rock eyebrow, but with his lip.
1: <laughs> that it's is like sort the of what it instead is instead right? of the
2: rock eyebrow with the Hobbs lip Yeah. You know the one?
1: And then after he wins, like Taz comes out and he basically tells him, he's like, you did a good job. Get back there because Taz is upset that nobody's been acknowledging the AEW championship. And he demands that someone from management come down here and address. What are we
9: doing here? Are you done? You guys give Taz a round of applause. He's done. Thank you. He's done. All right. All right. I'm I'm coming out. I'm coming out of here out out of total respect, total respect. Let's just move on because you're wasting time. You're wasting time. And next week, next week we can just leave it all right here. We can settle it because next week it is Ricky Starks and it is your new cohort, Will Hobbs, against myself and Darby Allen. Is that good enough? Are you happy with that? Let me tell you something. I'm out here for a reason.
10: Next week, the same thing's going to happen that happened last week. Okay, you and Darby are getting whooped. Okay, But that's not my reason for being here I need one of you management people To take that FTW championship And give it the respect it deserves
9: Put some respect on that
10: I'm tired of this shit
9: Okay, okay Okay Someone from management is here I hear what you're saying I'm digesting it all I see the FTW championship How about this? I'll run it up the flagpole
10: well, Thank what, you. What, what are you gonna do next, Cody? Tell me creative has nothing for me? Anymore of that corporate bullshit? What are you gonna tell me? What are you, what are you, what are you gonna tell me that? You're gonna tell me that which me be best of luck in my future endeavors? Okay, is that okay. what you gonna do
9: next? Okay, okay. Huh? Is that what you're gonna do okay, next? Okay, okay, okay. So, so this means everything. I get it, right? FCW is so wonderful. It's so wonderful. Well, answer me this. Your son Hook, he's training to be a pro wrestler, right? Why the hell is he not training with you, but he's training with me?
3: That's a human move,
1: Cody. Why are you being a dick?
2: Oh, he got real for a second.
1: That's harsh. And Taz, I like how Taz sells it—he's really embarrassed. I can't believe you did that.
2: I'm shocked. You're
10: pathetic. You went too far. That was stupid. You know, that was stupid. I'm dope. That was stupid. No, it's like... Oh my, oh, oh, Taz, Taz, Taz needs, the Kaja, the
1: Kaja Haji Man! He needs
10: some help! He needs some help. Oh, or,
1: call it the way the Joe was style it's not the Taz Mitchell, it's the Kaja Man! Oh, Taz just
10: not. choked out Cody Rhodes, right here on AEW Dynamite! Taz oh, snipped! And yeah, that's Taz's son carrying the FCW title!
1: Look at that. He was there with the son that he'd been training with. Son, oh. his son, His son's name is Hook.
10: That he talked about so what do
1: we got? We got Hook. Yeah. What are the other guys' names? Hobbs' name is now Powerhouse, right? I noticed that. So we got Powerhouse, this Hook,
10: Cage. Don't you go away.
1: The, hook the Red Hook section of New York. I get it. But I, I like the fact that they have names like that. You know what I mean? Powerhouse, Fresh. Hook, Cage. The stable has like a gimmick to it, you know? Yeah. Because clearly now his son's gonna become a part of it. That was the whole point of that putting him into the angle, you know. I did like Taz how he was saying that if Khan shuts his mic, that he'll just grab one of the headsets and they can then and they can't cut that off because he knows how things work. This isn't his first rodeo.
5: That shit was great.
1: Yeah, but yeah, as far as Hook goes, that is Taz's son. He trained with Pat Buck and Kurt Hawkins, um, at the Creative Pro Wrestling School in New York, and then he moved to Atlanta. And then he started training with Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall as of currently. He's a former All-State lacrosse player, ranked 74th in the nation uh, in high school. He later played for Bucknell University and Sacred Heart University. His real name is Tyler. So there's the backstory of that guy. Um, hey, good luck to the kid. Good luck indeed. Good luck. Let's see what happens. Of a
2: little bit legacy he's got to live up to. So.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what the hell is that finish that the Hybrid 2 does? It's like a jumping, twisting, figure four.
2: So... This yeah, this submission that and has, it's like a twisting Indian deathlock.
1: Yeah, that's crazy, it looks right? Like
2: it sucks.
1: Yeah, that's pretty brutal there. You know, refu- yeah, refuses means... to release the hold, right? And uh yeah, and, um, this causes the bucks, the, come uh, out. Yeah, the bucks come out to save those new guys. What are they called again? Street Path?
2: Yeah, top, top flight.
1: Top flight, right.
2: Hey, I'm boys show it out to the destructive like I
1: was close. <laughs> <laughs> They look so damn young, but, uh, but yeah, those dudes.
2: Yeah, I mean she was the oldest of the two is twenty one, the youngest is nineteen, but
1: Like holy crap. Yeah, I I actually uh read a, a transcript from a podcast uh the Bucks were on where He basically explained to these guys, like he called them and he had to explain to me, I was like, yeah, you know, you're going to come here, you're going to work for us now. And, you know, like I, one of them was like, yeah, I work, I work at a grocery store. And he was like, no, no, not anymore. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be making good money. You're going to have like a salary, like you're done there. And the other one worked at a gym. So like his work was intermittent and he was like explaining to them, like, you need to tell those people that those are over. Like, you're going to be making good money now you know, your days of working at those places are over. And then they kind of explained that all it took was for them to have the courage to send them a message on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever the fuck they did for them to get that job. So
2: Awesome. And I mean, those kids, this, I'm excited for this tag team because there was one particular spot that they did. I mean, everything they did was crazy looking. But there was one particular spot in this match that stood out to me and I hope they keep doing it. So I'll, I'll get better with the names as I see them more. But one goes for a suicide dive, mm-hmm. but the other one that was on the apron vaults over him. Like, the timing was almost, was picture perfect. And then when he, when he rebounds off the ropes and jumps over, it's the most delay I've ever seen on that Tope. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, crazy. ridiculous body control.
1: Yeah, I don't know where the hell I would find that, but yeah, these guys overall uh, were excellent. They Top did guys. so
2: good. Like I'm like, oh man, like the sky's the limit for tough light. Like. like I that that team, I don't know what's in the future for them, what's in the near future for those guys. But first of all, hybrid two made them look fantastic. And yeah. I hope these teams go at it again.
1: Yeah. Real solid They mesh
2: together really good.
1: hmm Yeah, absolutely. Uh Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero have a promo. What the fuck? I thought that Vicky was done with Nyla and they were just back together like nothing. They literally just didn't even explain <laughs> that.
2: It, it, it seemed like they had like a minor Disagreement and then it's just And
1: that's it and it's just back to normal then why make that shit seem like a full
2: blown Fallout eh, I mean it was like a couple of weeks ago wasn't It I guess it's been a minute because we haven't seen them since so. Yeah eh, Maybe it might be a reoccurring thing and It's just like that first time not much comes of it But that after a while it starts getting worse Yeah
1: Moving along with the night we get our first look At the new version of the inner stable coming The inner stable <laughs> With the <laughs> ching <laughs> the the new version of the inner circle Coming to the ring
4: This you was new inner circle.
1: What a And I have to say I really think they have a great fucking look You know Holy crap Look at this We have like a five star stable All it takes is And that's what I mean when it comes to stables Sometimes all you have is that missing ingredient To make you look like a group of badasses And this stable has hit badass status In my opinion now
2: you know, different personalities and I think that's what makes it work
1: that's exactly what it is you know what I mean who like, would fuck with it, these it, guys now like, it looks like but, a who would fuck with these guys stable and that's what I really like about it you know it, this was not, done it well look like, mm-hmm.
2: I was going to say it doesn't just look like a bunch of guys looking exactly the same shit together Exactly. you have the rich, rich boy in, in, in um, MJF you have the hood guys in TNT. Um, the Spider Jake Page, the leader Chris Jericho, the yeah. young upstart Sammy Sammy Guevara. Like, there's so much personality, so you play like walk to life in this group.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And when I look at this, it, it just looks, looks really like solid. Prepared for Yeah, I definitely like the way they walk to the ring looks now, and all of them being there. and the fact that they took their times building this together and letting them all be individuals. Very well done probably the best stable in all of aw right now probably better than the elite. the elite they hold together better than the fucking
5: elite
10: absolutely they seem to be uh
1: they got back and george they're singing because
2: it's first of all it's a kick-ass song hey second of all it's for Jericho. it doesn't matter if it's or it's heel you sing that song yeah
1: so uh now, my whole thing is I just want this to just play out. I'm really getting sick of of conflict ever, like I was just saying before. Like, now we got it. We went through that whole thing. It made me watch literally a fucking musical dance number at a dinner, you know, and all this other shit. I just want this to be the stable now, you know? No more bullshit. You got the thing. The journey to get there was excellent. Very well written. Very well executed. I now believe and am invested in where this went. Now, hold that pose right there. Like any good photo that you take in life, you got to make sure you get everybody into the frame. You got to get the frame in focus, and then you got to snap the picture. It's time to get that frame into fucking focus. I don't want any more bullshit or shenanigans or anything else with this. Just let it be a stable of guys. Now go find another stable of guys and have them fight with these guys. That's all I'm asking. Don't do any more shit between them. I don't want there to be any more dinners, Vegas, slot machines, hula hoops, water slides, carnivals, merry go rounds, motorcycles. Just let them go. You know what I mean? Ice skating, bicycles, none of that shit. Just okay. These are these guys now versus who? Get them all to fuck each other up. Do a war game style thing, which we're gonna have one this upcoming thing. Do something, but I'm I just don't want to see. I'm really getting exhausted from the fact that every wrestling show I I put on, someone's either getting together. Breaking up, turning heel, or turning faith. Nothing, everything's in such a constant state of flux that nothing's ever the, like just stable. You know what I mean? Like, just let this be this way for a few fucking weeks. I don't want to come back next week and be talking to you about the conflict that the inner circle had.
2: Right. We know MJF and Sammy Guevara don't quite get along, but, but it just leave that. The just, they just just stop making
1: along. people not quite get along. Jesus Christ. What is, like, why is that a storyline everywhere? These people don't quite get along. Like, everywhere you go, just let it. Be a stable, please. You know what the bad part about it is? I feel like at least everywhere else, there's some kind of a substance where it's
2: just like WWE's here, just like, hey, he won a match. They don't get
1: along. I'm just at the fucking verge of a breakdown myself. <laughs> Every fucking time, it's like something's breaking up or splitting up. It's like, I would like this to stick around because it's not like they have a lot of things that are stable right now. Now, who do they face? That's the whole problem. They need to keep some of these fucking baby faces together. And that's been a problem with all the companies like, going back it, like 10, what, 15 was there, years, you know? With their
2: face, George, build something up.
1: That's the problem. When's the last time in wrestling, and I've said this for years, when's the last time in wrestling there's been a good face stable? Almost never. The Shields, the closest they come and they were three guys, and they started as heels. The baby faces never unite together to go against the heels. They're always at each other's throats, and it just makes you hate them more. Yeah, well, this is their chance. It's just crazy, you know. MJF, during this match, winds up using the diamond ring on Kazarian, and then Jericho winds up hitting the best Judas effect ever. The clip on that was nice. It was the best Judas effect in his career, I have to say. If he could hit that Judas effect like that each time, I'll take that shit as a finish. Because he
2: See, that, fucking... that's the one thing I stood... That's why I stood by that finish, because if you do it
1: right... When you lay that thing in, beautiful. man, it looked like he died. <laughs> It was like, Oh no, is he dead? He looks like he's sh- now I see. You see, that's the problem though with that finish that it's one of those finishes where when you hit the proper angle and the perfect execution for someone who's the right size, it looks golden, you know? But when you, when you do it to like uh, a lot of talent that doesn't know how to take it or the timing to sell it, it's not going to work.
2: That's what everybody else has to work on. They have to watch that clip and understand that's how you take that. And and no, George, don't take old WWE people. That's why that's why TNA lost On Monday Night War in seven weeks.
1: Yeah, but uh, I give a lot of credit. The match looks really good. It's hard to not cheer for the heels, which is a problem with the inner circle. They have become the cool guys, the cool heels in a lot of ways. Uh so yeah. Right after this ring here, I'm gonna try to get that for you. This is already post him getting hit with the ring. Listen to this 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 whole the whole timing of this. I thought this was fucking dope. Watch you need catches ring. him here. Right?
7: holy shit
10: that was a mess
5: he
7: oh oh my look at that shit
2: wow the sound was beautiful
1: you know he has to always be able to lay it in like that because usually it looks like shit you know um so uh scorpio sky comes out after this to try to save them and it's weird because uh he comes out with a steel chair and this causes everybody to clear the ring like come on there's more of you than ever what is this chair made out of fire?
2: Man, something. Every now and then you got to get out the way when a brother got a steal chair.
1: Yeah. So Miro and Kip are going to have a video game extravaganza, but then Orange Cassidy just casually comes and turns off their Xbox Series X. He just literally That's looks so up to them and just goes, up. boop. And they're like, what? That was so fucked That's the way it looked, right? Like it was just such a casual.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know the bad part about this? I felt disrespected. Could you ever have somebody just walk in, and just turn your shit off? Like, he did fuck? it.
1: He did it with such a high level part of dickery. Like, watch this. Look at this. Look at this
9: but before we get started, we just want to take you over to our screen so we there can you show go.
12: you exactly
1: what. Right <laughs> <laughs> and I was so that the best friend they made him out of the trailer so that the best friend will fuck him up. Oh, oh my, my god. god, dude! The way that he was looked.
2: Great. Wait, go back and play it again. That was fantastic.
1: How condescending right? casual, just click. How fucking condescending. You ever you ever seen cats that do shit like that? That they'll knowingly like knock something off the table, but like looking right at you like like fuck you. You know, they do like really kind. Ca- That's how he looked. Like he literally, he's looking like right at them. Like I like that he never broke eye contact. Watch this. This is awesome.
9: Extravaganza! He's
1: just looking right at them. But before we
9: get started, we just want to take you over to our screen so we can show you exactly what the Boop. <laughs>
5: Hey, my
2: wife <laughs> what? What you <laughs> It, it, it. George, I love how George goes, but no one wants to talk back about AEW. Have you not heard, heard us shit on this company? We, we've talked so out? bad about AEW. Is you kidding has, me? So when they made been? we, we been talk bad like, about
1: everything when they fuck up, and we talk good when about they everything. They fuck up, we acknowledge it, but when they do shit right, and there's a lot of people out there. That's a very polarizing company. I think when I look on Twitter and for most podcasts and just the overall wrestling community, like no, AEW has it's about split. You know, like it's it's pretty yeah, split. We, like,
2: we we talk bad about it, but we, we when they when they act up, we talk bad about it. But when they do shit that works, we acknowledge it.
1: No, I don't I think it's I think people are over the too scared too. It's become like the WWE T N A thing five or six years ago. I don't I think there was a point where people were too scared. I think we were probably one of the first platforms to say the honeymoon phase is over and start pointing oh, out yeah. shit before anybody else, even the bigger podcasts. We were the ones, first ones to start seeing the holes. But then, like, I think now it's become sort of split. If There was a point where, as the way you're saying, Rose, it's kind of like everyone was sort of scared. But yeah, it's, we're way past that. It's at the that.
2: point where if they screw up now, people are calling him out on it.
1: Yeah. You uh, know, but uh, what else do we have? We have Kenny Omega, who, uh, oh, can I bring that up? I'm bringing up a lot of stuff for them. Now. No, you got you. Let me see if I can get the right spot. So, Kenny Omega, look at this. So, he, he comes off of his broomstick... Uh intro.
3: He the fuck out of here. Dude, that was
1: hilarious right there. Because when I'm watching it I, when I'm watching it, the, the silhouette standing so perfectly still that as it was happening, I was asking myself, since he's only done the intro the first time, I was like, is that the actual him standing there? Or is they do they have like a design kind of like they used to do with the Jericho when he used to have his arms spread in WWE? It was actually like a graphic, then he would come out. I was like, is that a Kenny Omega graphic? And then I see like another graphic appear behind him and start cracking his neck and cracking his knuckles. And I'm like, Huh, I don't remember that being. And then I realized like oh shit. It's like a John Moxley. So that answered my question whether or not the Kenny Omega shadow is a graphic that they put nope. Because I was able to see that shadow get his ass beat by a John Moxley shadow. <laughs>
2: that shit was
1: so funny. That was great, man. He peekabooed
2: the fuck out of him. That
1: was amazing. Oh man, can I go back to that? How funny! Look at that. <laughs> That's the way he looked creeping up there. It's it so took me a minute. You... It's so
2: funny because Kenny can't see it. That's what makes it funny.
1: I love right there where he's cracking his neck. Like you can, you can see the Moxley mannerisms before he starts pounding this dude. But I legit wasn't sure if they had like the graphic of a Kenny Omega there. He's no, he's just standing there until he comes and can attack him.
2: I love how even George is picking at John's punches now.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't no getting get picky. <laughs> Not a bad of Shane's punches.
2: Yeah. Right? Fucking Shane's punches killing the business where there's no contact. Mm-hmm.
1: Shane
2: is fucking Shane's fucking Street Fighter punches. Like...
1: Yeah, man. Whips his ass. You fucking know?
2: Paradigm shift onto the belt. Just... Oh. And yeah, it's a... Basically, next yeah, okay, next week is going to be the the showdown, which I've been hearing that Wrestle Kingdom might be playing a factor in this match. How so? Because what the possibility? What I've been hearing the possibility is is Omega wins the championship, and what happens is Moxley goes over to Japan. That gives him enough time to quarantine and be ready for Wrestle Kingdom. Hmm. Interesting Yeah, That's the one of the possibilities I've been hearing I don't know if that necessarily would require him to drop the title But if he does That's looking like that might be the reason why
1: You know, to be able so to go
2: then, it, then Yeah, then it completely frees him up For uh, Kenta at Wrestle Kingdom
1: Yeah Uh, Well, that's one possibility of the way that things can go But you also do have to keep in mind A couple of other factors of things Right now, Kenny Omega is the AAA Mega Champion um, he's been the mega champion for about 407 days. I want to say now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, at some point they're saying that he's going to have to defend it. And according to Meltzer, a wrestling observer, he's saying that Omega has to make a trip to Mexico, December 12th, which is now exactly 12 days from now. So if you factor in the AAA mega championship and the fact that he has to defend it against Laredo kid, um, at that point that might have something to do with Omega not winning. Because you're yeah. going to have to be in Mexico for that. So you have two people who are. It depends. I would sooner see it being Omega, since that's already penciled in, than anything to do with Moxley in, in uh, New Japan, if that makes any sense. At least that's my theory.
2: Yeah, there, there's a couple of different way, things that can determine it. It's kind of funny how uh, a championship from another company could kind of play a factor in how this match goes.
1: But yeah, I would sooner think the AAA one just because it's definitely happening December 12th. So we now know that Omega has yeah. to be there. You know, like, no matter what, he won't be here. So I don't know how he would win the title and be there. But you never know. We we don't know what kind of arrangements they're going to make.
2: You yeah. Going to be a hell of a match, though, that's for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: These, like, these guys know. haven't had a bad match together. That's what's so funny about it.
1: Yeah, Moxley's been an interesting champion because he's kind of been out of the canon of uh, AEW. You know, I thought that was one of the more interesting things about it. Like, you know, he just kind of stands on his own and he doesn't really do too much stuff with the company. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, really good, really good looking stuff. Oh yeah. Anyone who wanted to see, I'm gonna see if I could bring up that bump for you guys here this weekend.
10: hands, very clear that blames Omega for that assault last week. Boy, Omega's getting in the worst way.
1: Was that it? He just flipped him over the table? Oh no, he hit somebody right here right here. I was gonna say he couldn't be that down that long from that. That's why right, he does hit him with the paradigm shift on the thing, uh, or death ride or whatever.
10: screaming in pain
2: after having his hands mostly... smashed I love how AEW went back to the old days of christening somebody with the championship mm-hmm. you don't see people in WWE get hit with titles anymore
1: Hikaru Shida versus Anna J, with Taya Conti pulling the chair away from Anna telling her she doesn't need this this goes back into their last match where our Anna J tried to cheat for Tyre, but Tyre didn't accept the chair. So, you know, Tyre's sort of still in babyface mode. And she's trying to sort of influence Anna J. Sheeta winds up going over though. And then out comes Abaddon. Yeah. Back from injury. Back from injury. How crazy is that? Right? Yeah. And, uh, we talked about this when, back when Abaddon was only on AEW dark, how that when Sheeta first saw her, she had the same reaction. She went, Oh my God. Like she kind of freaked out. The champion got scared. You know? And now it happens to be on the main like, show. Yeah, it is some scary shit.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, you could Abaddon made it to made it to the main show. So she's been um, I, I I've gone back and watched some um some of her stuff from Dark. Yeah, the girl's good.
1: Yeah, the Very the, the
2: presentation is excellent. So.
1: Yeah, they found her when she was called the undead girl in some other indie company or something, and they called yeah. her Abaddon here. But she scared the shit out of Sheeta, so that'll be an interesting match. Oh, uh, we had the, uh, the tag match. Yeah, had Pac and, and, Ray Phoenix against Butcher and Blade. Um, Eddie Kingston fucks over Ray Phoenix, knocking him off the top turnbuckle. Um, at one point, Eddie Kingston has the two DDTs on the chair for, uh, for Pac. You know, Lance Archer shows up with a run in and he's fighting Butcher and Blade and he's attacking Kingston. And what's yeah, happening? because I
2: guess Kingston had been, uh, popping off at the mouth about him.
1: So oh, what, Lance Archer is a fucking face
7: now? You know,
2: Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's because I always tend to look at it differently. I don't see it as much as a face, as much as a heel that's got beef with Eddie Kingston. Because I've noticed Eddie Kingston talks shit about virtually anybody breathing. So, And it seems like Archer strikes me as the prime person where it's like all you gotta do is just run off at the mouth one good time. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But anyway. Uh, what else happened in this? Is that it?
2: Yeah, that was mainly uh, all the big stuff.
1: That was a big stuff, fair enough Uh, It's funny because Lance Storm tweeted about AEW um, And he basically said That uh, I've concluded today that AEW Is like pineapple on a pizza Those who don't like it actually get mad at people who do And try to convince them to stop enjoying something That they like And then Mark Madden tweets and he says the opposite is true A lot of AEW supporters go ballistic If you criticize even a small fraction of the product Wrestling has become tribal just like everything else what do you think it is? Do you think that AEW is an acquired taste and that people are overly critical of it? Or do you think that, uh, do you think that basically AEW people go too crazy if you shit on the, on the product?
2: I feel like I've seen cases of both, honestly. Like I see the fans who, even though they do see the things like example me, where I see the things where I'm wrong with AEW, but I still enjoy the product enough to not stop watching it. But then again, I see those ones where if you so much as say, That Kenny Omega angle was just a little off. It's freaking torches and pitchforks. Yeah, which is like I kind of almost feel like it's like it's like it kind of depends on where you where you're looking.
1: Mm Hmm. I can see that. It's always it's as polarizing as everything else, you know. Yeah. Uh. So that brings us over to our our last stop, guys. Get ready because we're gonna be voting on the polls. Uh, NXT. I always listen to him, George. But NXT. uh, Questions. Was Athena always this out of shape? I mean, uh, fucking, uh, Ember Rose, Ember Moon, Ember Moon. <laughs> <laughs> wow! All oh, these names sound don't it sound like the WWE's pulling from the same hat of names? Think like I didn't even mean to do that. Hat? You know.
2: Anyway, hey, with Athena, was, was Athena, Athena always this out of place. shape. She kind of looks a little I, bit. I, I think I think that time she's been gone contributed to that. That's
1: unfortunate. She was gone though.
2: for a while.
1: So. Yeah. So, uh, Tony Storm, for some random reason, decides it's time to turn heel.
2: You know, what's so funny is when she first showed up on that little promo
1: after EO had won her match, I was catching heel tendencies from her. Yeah, well, I caught him from, from Ember. We were wrong about that, but...
2: Uh, she, she was giving off, like, a heelish vibe, but I mean, yeah. Tony Storm entered!
1: Oh!
14: fed Emma Moon to
5: the Wolves! There you go. Know,
14: still got some fight left in her, but I don't know if she realizes- Oh! I'm not sure if she realizes what just happened to her. I,
1: and we got Tony Storm really what here. What I
5: for Tony Storm at this point! Tag Team partners last week!
1: I'm just gonna need better friends.
9: And now it's Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, with Tony Storm looking on, as Raquel Gonzalez, Looks to put an exclamation point to the start.
1: That is such addiction. a badass move, man. That is got so nasty. Is your Tony Storm heel turn going into this? Yeah. Wow. Guess they just decided. Fuck it. We're gonna need that. I mean, person. Hey,
2: considering what it wound up turning into, I mean, mm-hmm.
1: because
2: uh, basically now, now, with that, uh, Candace has her full team for war games.
1: Yes, yeah, she does.
2: Yep. It is now Candace Lerae. Kodakai, raquel gonzalez and tony storm
1: mm-hmm. and there's a fifth person amongst them those sneaky fucks because at the end of the night when they drove off remember that little easter egg there they had a. they had what's her name that new girl indy hartwell indy hartwell was in the car but there was also someone next to her wearing the scream mask so on top of all of the backup that her and gargano have because they did that like, like as a little thing to see if people catch it. Andy Hartwell's in there, but who else is there in the fucking screen mask? There's another unveiling. That's the that's the gargano way. Whenever they unveil you, you're in a fucking screen mask.
2: Damn, man, we had Emra Moon. And that's going to be Timmy's son.
1: So now I guess at the paper, you're going to have to find out who the next helper is that they have <laughs> that hangs out with Hartwell in a fucking scream mask.
2: They're, they're going to have help in war games. Mm-hmm. But of so, course, with uh, this attack, it also turned into now Shoshy got her first teammate, because because Ember Moon joins Team Blackheart.
1: Yes, so Sarge-C is going to get revenge with Ember. We'll see. Timothy Thatcher has a match against Kushida, and Ciampa literally pulls up a seat to watch this match. That's some Ciampa and,
2: uh, shit right there.
1: And then, guess what? Champa makes the unthinkable happen. He literally distracts Thatcher and makes Kushida tap out fucking Thatcher, the guy who's been doing all submissions, thanks to Ciampa. His whole gimmick got fucked up and flushed down the toilet. Because Champa was there. That sucks for him. Yeah. So uh, I'm guessing maybe that's going to be the mat- a match at TakeOver?
2: I would assume. I mean, they still have this go-home show
1: uh, in a couple of days. so. I didn't even think about it until we got to this yeah. point. It just hit me when I got here. I there's, put
2: there, there, there's, there. still, there's still a couple, of more, uh, spotless, a couple of more things need to be ironed out for War Games. They got one last show to do it. Okay,
12: wow. Timothy, unfortunately, things didn't go your way tonight, but I wanted to get your thoughts on Tommaso Champa coming out, pulling up a chair, and getting a front-row seat to the match tonight.
11: Ms. McKenzie, I am a very private person. I don't stick my nose where it doesn't belong. So other people need to follow suit and do the same.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of uh, sticking their nose where it doesn't belong, uh... Did you hear that Vic Joseph is banging this chick?
2: Oh my god, that's all awesome. that was a, that was a terrible transition.
1: <laughs> I don't know why it <laughs> just to be oh my But yeah, god. they put out the a Thanksgiving visual. photo together. I was like, "Oh shit, the two common, the two announcers or whatever, the two backstage interviewers." Nice. That was a terrible visual. Why? Right. Neither one of them is an ugly person or anything.
2: I mean, think yeah, fucking Shrek.
1: I, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see fucking Vic Joseph just boop. Yeah, you know, that's not too bad so you got kevin owens doing a special appearance of the kevin owens show
2: yeah because ko was also on commentary this nxt
1: Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so i don't know exactly we had gargano who came out kevin owens is sort of mocking the fact that whenever you mention somebody's name that uh their music is automatically going to hit and that this automatically means that uh you know, they're going to come out to the ramp. So Gargano does come out to the ramp. It's sort of out of sync. It's like the truck can't get their shit together. But then afterwards he has Damien Priest come out, you know, and then, uh, he basically says, if only there was like a Teddy long style person that would be able to come and make like this an official match. And of course, holla, 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 because Regal comes out and he says, take over <laughs> war games. He literally goes, take over war games, triple threat match for the North American title. And then as he walks away, he goes, "Player."
2: Oh my god! I fucking love <laughs> Regal guys. So you did get you,
1: you you did get uh the the match that you kind of were hoping for there. Yeah, Owens, it was, all right. I just love how condescending he was the end player. Yeah, I was wondering if he was going to acknowledge it. You know,
2: <laughs> let's be real. And this is one thing we've learned about William Regal over the years: he won't pass up an opportunity for a laugh.
1: Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. All right, I actually just while we were talking added that Champa versus Datcher, just in case it it starts it's a little bit rough looking. But uh you know, it's part of the pulse and when we get to that point we'll already be there. Cool. Anyway, Cameron Grimes, he goes over, who is out of your racing? Is this another jobber?
2: Gaius. Okay, hmm. That was uh, Jake Atlas.
1: Yeah, he's a job now. Yeah, so Cameron Grimes goes over him in a match, but Dexter Loomis scares the shit out of him. He comes from behind, and he has, like, a sketch-up of the screen where it's, like, a little uh, chibi version of him who's scared. And uh, then, basically, Loomis exposes a strap, basically, indicating he wants a strap match. And then Regu confirms that at TakeOver War Games there's going to be a strap match with these guys. It's
2: going to be the first match between these two where he has to take somebody seriously.
1: Yeah. Rhea Ripley is, have, is is giving a promo in the ring about how she's back and how that last match that she lost against Io Shirai wasn't a send-off because her focus is still on the women's title and then is interrupted by Team Candace basically showing their strength and talking about how they're there to get the job done and then they prove so because they're coming out holding Io Shirai's unconscious body because while the promo's going on she was getting her ass whipped in the back and now uh, the heels basically wind up attacking here and are showing their dominance Yeah, leading into the yeah, paper
2: Mm-hmm. After yeah. this beating, uh, it was announced, I believe, earlier today. Actually, yeah, somewhere around twelve hours ago. Rhea Ripley will step into War Game for the second time to be a part of Team Blackout.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be fun. And uh, what the fuck is going on with Ziya Lee? Like, why were they all fucked up, looking, begging their master? I, I, They're like Sifu They're on their knees. Was like, was like, what was the kanji he wrote on the back of their hands? Is this a new ring movie? Like, what the fuck is I, happening I have, here? I, I have literally no clue.
4: This is exactly. Can no you believe that this started
1: it? with the with the dragon that appeared on the Tron that scared him? Remember that shit when the dragon was flying so all over like a... and he was acting like it was enveloping him, like "oh, this dragon's flying all over the fucking screen."
2: Yeah, but you know what the funny thing about it is, I instantly forgot about it when uh, the start, The next thing that happened on the show was. Because uh, Ever Rise was set for action, but but didn't even get action because the grizzled young veterans, the former UK tag team champions, returned.
1: Mm -hmm. Zach, Zach Gibson, and James Drake to beat these guys up.
2: Yeah, so the the grizzled grizzled young veterans are back.
1: So yeah, this is definitely uh, this changes the the landscape of the division. These guys are pretty solid, and uh,
2: yeah, they were they were they were tag champions for a long time.
1: Mm -hmm. So, uh, So
2: that's a that's a dangerous new that's a dangerous team to have back. Mm-hmm
5: The following contest is a tag team match: Stigler for
9: one ball Introducing first Chase Parker Matt Martell oh, oh! What is this? It was oh, Adderall's yeah. time, Vic oh,
14: who is this? Beth, look who is back in NXT. Oh, it's the grizzled guy.
1: He looks slimmer than I remember. Them. very
14: disappointed. And they're doing us hmm? a favor. Zach Gibson. They're not
2: doing us a favor. I to dress well. okay. come, come on.
14: It's an improvement it it for sure.
9: The former NXT United Kingdom Tag Team Champions.
0: Oh, and James on. Drake
9: pounding down, beating down on Chase Parker. What did Chase Parker
14: do to deserve that?
9: In case you who we are.
10: I am Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson. This man is James Drake. Together we are grizzled young veterans. And we are back in NXT. Soon to be recognised as NXT's number one.
5: Oh. Oh. Continue.
9: Uncalled for. Grizzled young veterans. No
2: doubt. off with a, a to no. no. And I
9: believe the NXT universe and the locker room have been
1: put on notice. So there you go. Grizzled young veterans returning to NXT. There's a link for those of you that are interested in it. Uh, and like I said before, you have the Garganos and the Hartwell thing that happened after that. We really jumped ahead to that. Pete Dunn, Kyle O'Reilly have a ladder match. Kyle takes a nasty bump off of the ladder. Um, that
2: suplex on that ladder. With the ladder. With the ladder
1: falling on top of him. There was a nice dragon screw leg whip from Kyle in the ladder on Dunn. Um, Dunn hitting a suplex on O'Reilly on a bridge ladder on the outside that's crazy it like, looks like
2: Dunn ate more of that liar than kyle did
1: but that's the whole thing it's weird to have that in the middle of a match you know what i mean and then to think that the match is gonna fucking continue after that like for anybody that didn't get a look here let me let me bring this spot up for you because
2: like this was nasty but you know what the thing about it is it wouldn't shock me that it's these two to where that's not even a finish because these are two guys you damn near have to kill one of them to beat the other one it's
4: yeah, you really do. Which I mean
2: my which I mean my god, the shape he done is in. He looks scarier than he did before the pandemic.
1: Right. Give me a sec. I'm trying to see if I could bring this fucking spot up. It's just driving me crazy right now. Good Lord.
2: But yeah, this had to be one of the nastiest ladder breaks I've seen in a long time.
1: Okay, here we go. So you guys can see how this looks. <laughs>
9: Well, right now, slugging out these two superstars for the advantage at War Games. An advantage that can come in very handily to one of these two teams. As Dunn putting on the brakes.
14: Whatever's no. next, it's not going to end well. Oh, no!
1: Oh! Oh. Nice.
14: You're not going to miss a second of this ah.
1: To think this was a commercial break to buy right? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Only with
2: these two is that the commercial break spot. Like wow, yeah. Oh
7: my
1: god. And yeah, the finish basically being uh, well actually, yeah, the finish is uh, the mask guy pushes Kyle off the ladder. Which, by the way, Kyle has a very nice ladder bump at the end of this. Really nice. Yeah, like a mask guy shows up and he pushes him off. Let me see if I could actually bring that up for you guys. There, there, there. I tweeted something like ladders are gonna be the death of me. The speculation going around um, is that what basically happened was Pat McAfee couldn't make it, so they had a stand-in, which was the excuse for having him there masked. Um, who knows? Knows yeah. exactly what happened there.
2: yeah uh, but, uh, with that win, for the first time ever, undisputed era does not go into war games with a main advantage.
5: Because mm-hmm.
2: they, they, they Cole even pointed out earlier in the night they're undefeated in that match. Mm-hmm. But they, but this is gonna be the first year they won't go in with main advantage. So,
12: Kyle, an incredible match tonight, but unfortunately not the way you wanted the night to end for yourself or Undisputed Era. A
11: man in a mask came out, uh, and Mackenzie. Pushed-
8: Mackenzie, it's seriously, it's complete and utter. Everybody and their mother knows that that was Pat McAfee, and if you don't think it was, you're kidding yourself. Because Pat, here's the deal, okay? Your name has taken you a lot of places. Your money has taken you a lot of places. As a matter of fact, it's made you a bunch of friends. Uh, but you know what the beautiful thing is? Even though you took a shortcut in the War Games Advantage match, the beautiful thing about War Games is your name will not help you. Your money will not help you. You are trapped inside a giant cage and two rings with four of the baddest men that NXT has ever seen. No more playtime. No more pretend. War Games changes you. It changes the way you think, and it changes who you are. And when you've got four guys as pissed off as we are, I can promise you it will end you. Because, yeah, Pat, we're not just focused on, on embarrassing you. We're not just focused on hurting you. We're focused on making sure that you become the Undisputed Era's and that is Undisputed. Thank you.
1: Okay.
7: Era out.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, there you oh, go. God. I'm sharing that on social media for you guys. Dynamite did 710,000 viewers versus NXT 712,000 viewers. That is right. NXT beat them by a slim 2000 viewers. However, AEW did a 0.26 in the 18 to 49 demographic versus NXT's 0.14, half of that in the same demographic. This is the win as far as numbers go, though. For the first time, the numbers are fluctuating more in NXT's favor, but not for the demographic necessary for their network to give a fuck.
2: And you know what the one problem is with that win on the numbers is? What's that? You know why They got it, right? Why? The week before they announced Kevin Owens was going to be on commentary.
1: Yeah. Well, they have a right to tap into their resources, you know?
2: I mean, yeah,
7: definitely. It's just...
1: no. That's all fair and love and war here. you know. All right, guys, that brings us to the last stop on this. It is time to discuss the NXT TakeOver poll for this upcoming weekend Sunday. I'm actually going to link you guys in the chat. for those listening, it is on the top of the website as well. You can just go to the top of the website. You can click the little War Games square icon, which will take you to a page with the poll on it. Or you can just take it right there on the embed underneath. Uh, I'm going to give you guys all a minute to get in there. I'm also going to share it on social media for the time being. Anyone who's looking up there, it'll just be a tweet with just a link there for you to have it. Okay. Everybody's good. We need you to vote. Can't emphasize enough. We need you to vote. And with that, we bring you to the War Games poll. So, I just added this. We don't know if it's going to happen. But Thatcher versus Champa. in theory, if it does happen, if it is legitimized, who do you see going over?
4: Oh, man.
2: So Champa's been on a little bit of a slump lately when it comes to takeovers. I think this is actually his first one since uh, since he had he went out with a uh, carry across. But I feel like Thatcher long term could use the win more. And that's like of all the kind people you beat, you beat a former NXT champion. I feel like I'm gonna go with Thatcher on this one.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he has enough credibility right now to be going over Champa unless somebody who's gonna feud with Champa next interferes. So with that, I think I'm gonna go with Champa because I don't think they have thought that far ahead. And uh, I think right now, the win for Champa is fine. At least in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Getting to the official matches, we have the strap match. Okay, this is Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes.
2: We we already know Loomis is winning this. They, Cameron Grimes can't go from scary to all of a sudden, he gets a leather strap in his hand, he's all brave and shit.
1: Yeah, you think so? Like,
2: I, like I'm even calling it, he's going to choke him out with the strap. Like,
1: yeah, I don't see anything else here but that. You're right, Dexter Loomis all the way. So this guy's never going to get any wins is what you guys are essentially saying here.
2: I mean, every now and then he gets like that little flash cave in, but it's, it's like they never really go anywhere with him. His whole gimmick is just going to the moon, but it's like so far he hasn't even taken off. But...
1: And why do you think that is, though? You know, like I said, like, uh,
2: why it's is like, it ever the case in this company sometimes? Like,
1: it's like they half push everybody. Right. And there's nothing that we can do about it. It's just kind of like, yep, here's another person with another half push for whatever reason. But uh, they at the same time you can't waste the uh, momentum that they have with Loomis there.
12: Yeah,
2: because the Loomis uh, Loomis's injury did kind of hold things.
1: Yeah, so you definitely want that. All right, so the official thing for here is Dexter Loomis. We are moving on to the next match, which will be the NXT North American Title Triple Threat match. This will be Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, and Leon Ruff. Which, by the way, uh, in regards to Leon Ruff, congratulations to him. Yep because uh he's getting married, right?
2: Yep, he is engaged.
1: Yeah, how great would that be, right? To win the North American Championship and on top of that be able to be married. You know, he's marrying uh what's her name again? The the ref, right? Oh, Aja Smith. She's the yeah. she's the the ref that's that's in NXT. So uh yeah, she she tweeted out, I said yes, with a picture of her and Leon Ruff. This is Leon Ruff's year, right? He gets a title. He gets a hot ref wife. You know, good for him.
2: And it's his first takeover.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at that. His first takeover.
2: Take get it. Mm-hmm. You know what? I say, hell, keep the momentum going. Let the kid have it.
1: Yeah, he definitely earned Gargano's
2: it. been in a thousand takeovers. Damian Priest can afford to lose at one takeover.
1: Yeah, let this guy have his time. It may never come again. It damn sure isn't going to come on the main roster, right? You should let it run. You know, but he's been entertaining. As a champion, he's been good. He's been solid. And I think that uh, it's something that we definitely all find more refreshing than the usual shit that we get here. I don't have a complaint. When I like the guy. I actually like this going on, you know? Yeah. So, one uh, of,
2: what, 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 like, he's been a very refreshing because once you let him go, like, the guy's been amazing. Incredible mm-hmm. speed love the fluidity of his moveset like hey eh, what's it gonna hurt to let him what's it gonna hurt to let him ride for a little bit with his north american title
1: yeah so getting back to the poll i'm saying that i think that the two of them are going to screw each other over and leon ruff, ruff is going to somehow get away again with murder because Damian priest and gargano are going to fight and somehow he's going to yeah. get away with a pin or some dumb shit so there's a exactly. prediction for that now we get the war games eight women tag team match shot Blackheart, black ember moon rhea ripley Who's the last person on that team? Do we know?
2: Uh yet? we don't know. We will probably know this Wednesday.
1: Okay, against Candace LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. Who do you see going over here?
2: I am going honestly team Blackheart because the inexperience in war games on, on Candace's team, Candace is the only one that's ever been in there. Whereas you had Rhea where she captained the winning team last year. And we still don't know who that last person is gonna be.
1: Right. So you're going with uh yeah, other? I'm
2: going with a uh, Shotzi's team.
1: Right, and your your motivation is what basically?
2: Um, it's the fact that you've had you have the well, one thing the mystery partner we still don't know who that is, and then on top of that, Rhea Ripley being the one who captained the women's team last year, and they want to win a war game, so they have the experience
1: edge. Right. All right. Well, uh, I mean, there has to be revenge for that tank, right?
2: Yeah. I'm calling now she's gonna call me on a giant tank now.
1: Yeah.
2: Special War Games tank.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with you and I want to go with Shotzi Blackheart for that. You know, and that brings us to the main event. The War Games eight man tag match. The undisputed era, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle Riley, and Roger Strong against Pat McAfee, Danny Burch, Onie Larkin, and Pete Dunn. What do they call themselves? The Kings of NXT.
2: Yeah, I think I, I think that's I think that's what the name they've been going with.
1: I don't know if it's official or not. That's why it's not on here, but Yeah. the
2: the undisputed era needs this because even though the three-person team won the first war games this variation of the undisputed era has never won inside war games before like at this point it's the one thing they still need
1: yeah so you see them going over pat mcafee's guys right
2: yeah i think it's gonna i think it's gonna want to be in the deciding factor because like I said, like they're at home in war games. Yeah, two years ago, Pete Dunn pinned Adam Cole inside war games, but he's the only member of his team that's been in there before. I've noticed the pattern with war games a lot of the time does seem to be picking the people who have already been in there. Because it's like Adam Cole said, war games changes you. You're not the same after your first one. And the Undisputed Era, in one way or the other, has been in all of them. Mm-hmm.
1: So you think this is the time for the Undisputed Era to get that monkey off their back?
2: Yeah, I think this is it. It's the one thing they need, and that locks their NFT legacy in forever.
1: Okay. All right, well, I'm going to go with you on that one. The Undisputed Era takes it. They take it at war games. George doesn't care. He finds this whole thing boring. He thinks the whole shit sucks.
2: Okay. Okay. Don't watch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's his answer. Jesus Christ. That is Destin's answer. If you don't like it, don't have it. I think it's okay. I mean, I, have, I, I don't have yeah, it. Yeah, like it's a, freaking fine. I mean, NXT's been alright, man.
2: I don't really have much to complain about Wednesday. And what do you mean the match? It's fucking war games. It's the only time we see two rings side by side.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he just means the match. We well, can right, have okay. nice things, can we? We
2: just,
1: right. just gotta That's hate it said, You guys know you then hit the finish button down here at the bottom of this. And that'll wrap it up and it will put you in the poll. We will be in the chat room during the show with the live results scrolling. And you'll be able to interact with us. And then following this, this Sunday, there will be the post show. So don't forget to tune in. I believe they're probably going to have a kickoff at 6, 630 probably. And then the official thing starts at 7 Eastern. So join us in the chat room. And don't forget to be involved in the post show after that. We'll hit finish and we'll wrap up here. That's
2: it, right? That is all.
1: That is it, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, this was a long one. Look, we started off the the next year with a freaking long one. Wasn't expecting it. Don't ever want to do it again. That being said, though, thank you to everyone who has hung out with us for this wonderful event. All of you who are joining us on yet another year of this, including Willie V2, Stasis Dreams, uh, Say and Senpai. Thank you for the host, Weekly Planet 516, a.k.a. Ashley. George KingQuest770 SMX30519 Chip. Thank you for the follow Bloodluster Welcome back Miscellaneity Saddest Kitty Thicker All of you lurkers That are still out there Across the other channels As well as iTunes Stitcher TuneIn Radio iHeartRadio Podcast Addict SoundCloud Google Podcast Twitch.tv Slash talkbunch, As well as Facebook.com Slash TalkBrunch And of course TalkBrunch.com Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 423, hosted by yours truly, Rick Diarray, K Captain Brunch, For so myself and Destin Soul
3: Glow Fraser. We're out of here.
1: We're going to
2: war,
3: Charlie. We're going to war.
5: Shut down.